All right, what's up, listeners? Welcome to the pilot episode of Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I'm Peter. And this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deeper discussion of the film, and then we'll ask the most important question, would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, we're going to be reviewing Thor, Love and Thunder with our special guest, Aiden. Hey, how's it going? So uh, we're going to start off with some uh, discussion of recent movie news from this week. Uh, did any of you guys see the trailer for Triangle of Sadness by uh, its director, Ruben Ostlund? Hopefully I didn't pronounce that wrong. No, I did not. Wait, no, is, no. Is, that the, is that the cruise ship one with uh, yes. uh, Woody Harrelson? Yes. Did you watch that that I sent you? I think I, think I did. It's really weird. It's like it's like a three-parter. It's like first part is like uh, the crew life, and then you're on the cruise ship, and then lastly you're stranded on an island. Yeah, it. Um, the best way I could describe. Well, first of all, apparently it won the Palm Door, so this is the oh, Palm yeah. Door winner of the year, um, and you know it hasn't released yet, so this is the first trailer we're getting. Mm. Looks like a dark comedy, and uh, Ruben Osland. Uh, is no stranger to dark <laughs> comedies. He did um, Force Majeure. If you guys have seen that, no, no probably no. fair enough. Um, I, oh, I think he's Finnish or Swedish, somewhere from like Scandinavia. One of them, countries. and um, yeah, I highly recommend Force Majeure. That's a fun one. Basically, um, there's an avalanche, and oh, that's the one. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. this family's like. Um, out on the deck of like the whatever you call it, the chalet, the Swiss chalet, and yeah. the avalanche is coming for them. And the dad takes his phone and he runs away, leaving the family behind. Oh, but then it turns this... out, yeah, it turns out that it wasn't a big deal. So like the family's just like, "What the hell, man? Why'd you do that?" So, was there like a Will Ferrell remake yes. of that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yes. like, that Will, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah Will Ferrell, and I want to say Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, I think so. Did a yeah. remake that apparently is not quite as good. Anyways, so the new one, uh, One Palm Door, stars Woody Harrelson, um, and if I had to guess, it kind of looks like a climate change metaphor. Maybe, you know how like the rich are like on the boat and then stormy seas and then they get shipwrecked or something. I don't know. Um, but it looks, it looks interesting. I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, it did win the Palm door. Yeah, that's, um, that's good. It's a, it's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. It's a good sign. Um, how about who heard about the Walmart plus? Oh yeah. I did hear about that. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. So if you didn't hear, Walmart has been talking with Disney, Comcast, and Paramount about buying up their streaming services and making it into one package called Walmart Plus. What do you guys think about that? I just think the name itself is hilarious because you don't associate Walmart <laughs> yeah. with, you know, an entertainment giant. Yeah. And now you're getting Disney, Comcast, and Paramount on Walmart Plus. Like <laughs> it's also like why would like disney do that like i like you know what i mean like because isn't disney also moving to like they're switching to a paid subscription model mm -hmm. or like one with right. advertisements and one with advertisements yeah yeah. Yeah. Netflix, yeah it's already paid right yeah yeah um, yeah <laughs> there's no free yeah. ones just yet yeah. <laughs> well um, well <laughs> yeah um but yeah no i don't know i just don't understand how those 
like Comcast and Disney, like what they stand to gain from being under the umbrella of Walmart. <laughs> yeah, the way I see it is certain uh, streaming services aren't just, they're not going to last. Paramount Plus. Yeah. Who's who's watching Paramount Not watching Plus? the iCarly reboot? Exactly. <laughs> those those products were doing perfectly fine on Netflix. And then, yeah. you know, Paramount got greedy and was like, you know, let's bring all of our stuff into the one kind of house-owned uh, streaming service. And I just don't think it's uh, viable in the long term. So I could see why uh, them and Comcast would consider something like this but disney has a strong um portfolio of like film and television now especially after they bought uh 20th 20th century fox yeah um like i would have said before that i would have said sure like disney's kind of limited in their uh their family friendly stuff but um post fox purchase i'd say like they got a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of like adult friendly content so I I could see Disney buying up other people's stuff, maybe, but yeah. I don't know. Also, isn't it really bad for the consumers? Since then, it would just be the Walmart Plus, and then the other thing would just be Netflix, right? So you just yeah, have like guess, two stream services. So there's a imagine, huge monopoly. I imagine uh, Amazon Prime. Would oh, and that too. Yes, right. Actually, that's kind of interesting. I guess Prime is the... Uh, the analog or like the similar thing to Walmart. Cause at first you wouldn't have uh, expected yeah. a company like Amazon to make streaming. And now they've got some of the uh, most popular shows with like yeah. the, the boys, boys. invincible uh, marvelous Miss Maisel, some other stuff. But um, so I guess if you, if you look at it through like that lens, like it's not, it's not the craziest thing that could happen, but I definitely feel like we're living in like a parody. Yeah. It is like definitely, like, you hear that and that's hilarious. Like the like Walmart Plus is really funny. It's it's re- it is really funny. Like, is Walmart even rich enough to buy up all these stream services? Because that's a lot of money. I think so. I think yeah? Walmart's a pretty big company. Um, yeah, I just feel like we're living in the darkest timeline right now. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, some other news. Um, how about the Flash with Ezra oh, yeah. Miller? They've been going on like a crime rampage or spree across America. Yeah, they burgled a house in Vermont or something recently. (laughs) Just like hopping around doing crimes. Um, And uh, Warner Brothers, in some release, I'm not sure uh, how this was brought out, but apparently they have three kind of Mm -hmm. options they're considering right now. Uh, Either they release the movie with um, a little bit of Ezra Miller in... uh, like the press kind of thing so he'll like or they will um say like you know sorry about the crimes i don't know (laughs) 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 sorry about the crimes um uh, option two is they release it without uh ezra miller involved in the press or they scrap it entirely what do you guys what do you guys think is the the best option there dude i just feel so bad for dc man they can't they can't catch a break well, especially after they just canceled, they filmed the entire Batgirl movie yeah. and canceled it. So it's like, I saw a funny tweet that was like, this Flash movie must be so fire if they're not canceling it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, dude, I don't know. Like, I feel like it would still make tons of money if they put it out. Like, I, I really do think that it would still do well enough. Like, it probably wouldn't be like the biggest box office earner, but 
Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, do they even plan on setting up like an extended universe at this point? Like, I'm, I, I think their plan is unclear. Um, so yeah, I, I don't even know. Yeah, dude, if you think about it, so first we have the whole Snyder cut situation, and then that sort of got finally wrapped up after HBO Max came out. Now we have the Amber Heard Johnny Depp lawsuit, which you know puts Aquaman two in a very peculiar situation. Which is, and now, which is really unfortunate for Amber Heard. Hopefully you guys have been kind of up on that. But yeah, I just just throwing that out there that all may not be as it seemed. Yeah, I didn't follow the trial. I paid I saw it for like one day yeah. and then I was like, I don't I'm not paying attention to this. But yeah. And also now now the company has so much drama going on. So the backdoor cancellation was due to a tax write-off. So they actually yeah. stand to gain more by not releasing the movie and use it as a write-off than releasing well, that's, the movie. That's what they think is going to happen. Yeah, right? that's what they think. Exactly. If you if you put it right on your streaming service, yeah, of course it's not going to make that much money. But uh, if they had decided to, and I honestly, I it it does seem there does seem to be a trend where the movies that are featuring uh, BIPOC. Uh, like cast uh, and creators are the ones being put on streaming. So Batgirl and Blue Beetle are both uh, direct to streaming. Uh, And it's a shame that uh, they're the ones that are getting canceled. Well, Um, also Prey that we were just talking about before we started. Also true, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was just talking to Alex about that earlier. It's like, it's like Predator is a big IP. And the fact that they just put it straight on streaming is very odd. Yeah, that warrants a theoretical release for sure. Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah uh, it's you, you mentioned Aiden about the 10 year plan or do they have a plan? And I know yeah. that the new guy from, I think he's from discovery. He's from discovery. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. discovery bought the company. It's yeah. kind of weird guy. I probably butchered that name. I don't know what his name is, but, um, he is looking at 10, the te- a 10 year plan. Um, and he was the one who cut Batgirl. but like, honestly, I in my personal opinion, I don't see DC being able to do like a, a thing that the Marvel Marvel was like a really unique circumstance and they had a, a good creator at the forefront with Kevin Feige. Yeah. And I just don't think that the material works for DC in the same way. Also, there's a level of patience that's required that yes. as far as I can see, DC does not have. Um, yeah. so they can certainly, you know, try, but I, I just don't think they're as well suited to do something like that when like, I think the strongest creative strategy they could have is say, you know, who gives a crap about continuity and just do, um, films like the Batman. Yeah, you know? I agree hundred percent. Assign a creator who is passionate about the material um, which we'll get into more today. Um, and, you know, say, do what you want with the characters. Make the best movie you can. Yeah. Um, which they're and- sort of doing. Because, like, their Joker 2 is going to be this musical <laughs> with, uh, like, yeah. Lady Gaga in it. Um, and, I mean, like, yeah, like they have, like, the Batman and Joker. I don't think the Joker is very good. But they, they did kind of have that strategy of this is just a one-off thing. Todd Phillips seemed to care a lot about it. Um, 
as much as I don't think it turned out that well. But, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, I agree that that's the best strategy going forward for them because I think it's too much of a mess. I think they don't have the patience for it. I think they just make these one-off movies, and then if it turns out they have something in the years, then maybe they develop something. But Because yeah, it's really difficult because, like, the fans already invested in the current actors, and the cleanest and the best way they can do it is a hard, hard reboot. But the fans are already attached to like actors like Henry Cavill. Um, a lot of people are still really passionate about Jason Momoa and Ben Affleck. So like, you know, by recasting them, you're just letting go a big portion of your fan base. And obviously they don't want that. So they just can't have the best of both worlds right now. Very yeah. difficult situation for them. First off, Henry Cavill is not coming back. People who are holding on to that, that's like a that's a pipe dream. Like it's not it's not I happening. think he is, but I don't think he will anytime soon. He has enough big projects going on that, you know, this just like he obviously like he still wants to be Superman, but he has enough big projects going on that this won't be a priority right now. I've heard rumblings on the internet that he could be more likely to appear in another studio's franchise. Honestly, that would be awful. I don't want to see Henry Cavill in Marvel. Well, like, it would be like an on-the-nose casting. Like, we know he's Superman, and then this is a character that's very similar. Um, So I won't get more into that. But, um, yeah, I just want to say, like, DC's best movies in recent years, uh, let's say Wonder Woman, The Batman, uh, Joker, you know, it's not the best thing, but it's definitely... Um, that one in the Suicide Squad, those four are off the top of my head, are more interesting and probably yeah. better movies than anything Marvel has ever put out. It's probably, kind of like yeah. a hot take there, but Marvel. That's movies- a, that's a really hot take, bro. I would I, I wouldn't put. I don't I agree with that. I wouldn't put Joker there, but other than that, I think I'm with you. Okay, yeah, maybe. Um, okay, maybe not Joker, but. I, I appreciate it at the very least that the Joker does not look like any of the other movies. Right. Yeah. And is committed to its own style, whether or not it's, you know, it's yeah. Good narrative. Good, you know. That's no, I, I definitely appreciate about it that, like, clearly there are creators behind it that had a vision for it and cared. I just, I thought it was bad. But, like, other, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, as for this whole Flash thing, I wouldn't want to like scrap the movie entirely. I feel like in the same uh, vein as uh, Batgirl, I'd say there's, you know, for the one person who's, you know, committing all these crimes, um, there's, you know, (laughs) thousands. I don't know. There's a credits go forever. So I assume thousands of people who worked real hard on this movie and would probably appreciate having it see the light of day. Um, So I'd honestly say like maybe option one is the best. Um, no. I'm waiting for the interview, man. Ezra Miller, explain yourself. <laughs> you know, it's I. I just it looks bad that Warner Brothers is continually like refusing to say anything. Like they're kind of like pretending it's not happening, and they yeah. keep pushing the release date until you know things blow over. But it's not going to blow over, and people. Dude, they're like, scared too, man. Like <laughs> what? They're scared too. Like honestly. Uh, because like that's what you get for hiring a volatile actor like that, you know. Like they're probably scared that he's gonna, you know, or that they're gonna like crime them or something. I don't know. <laughs> dude, dude, <laughs> all they want right now, low key, is just to lock Ezra Miller up right now, because so that he can't do any anything that's worse, you know. Yeah, uh, lock them up sounds a little, eh, but you know, get them help. 
It sounds yeah. nicer. I'd say yes. Get them help. Is probably... and don't let them go back to Hawaii. No, <laughs> can't go back. Or Vermont or Iceland. Yeah, <laughs> Iceland, man. Get them on the no-fly list. You yeah. Know. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think they should scrap. Um, okay, last bit of news. Um, apparently, and this is so funny. This is also DC. They're renaming. If you knew uh, about this, there's a a show uh, that DC is producing about. <laughs> about Alfred Pennyworth, Batman's butler. And it's somehow, somehow <laughs> gone on for three seasons. I don't know how that's possible. Who's watching this show, first of all? Anyways, um, they're renaming the show to Pennyworth, colon, The Origins of Batman's Butler. Just in case yeah. you weren't sure. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they, also, they also, ran like, into the same issue with Birds of Prey, though. They had to rename yeah. it so people know that it's actually a DC property that they're watching. What was it called originally? It was just Birds of Prey. And then it was Birds of Prey something something Emancipation or Harley Quinn or something. Yeah. And Fabulous Emancipation. Yeah, here you go. Harley Quinn. Exactly. Yeah, that's another example of a terrible title. Yeah. Um, and that's more that's more about um the inclusion of harley who's like you know dc's deadpool it'll sell yeah. it'll sell if you add harley in it uh, yeah. seems to be the case um yeah that's just <laughs> that's ridiculous um and honestly on brand for dc right now because um, <laughs> it's like the show's like three seasons deep like like no one's like no one knew is gonna come exactly <laughs> it's, the, it's the batman show oh watch it now yeah. like the people watching it like i can't imagine they're watching it for like the batman lore but yeah. also why else would you be watching it i don't i don't because there's no like batman characters it's not like um the gotham show where like yeah. it was centered around Gotham's rogue or uh, Batman's rogue gallery before they yeah. were villains, which was you know it was a fun fun idea. But this is like I've looked into it. Like it's literally no one I recognize. It's yeah. I think the the guy who invents the stuff, Lucius Fox. Um, oh, what's the actor's name who played him in Nolan? Uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Morgan Freeman. Yeah. yeah. So Morgan Freeman, his character. Anyways, yeah. uh, in other news, this week we're gonna be. Uh, watching She-Hulk, the origin of the Hulk's cousin, who is a lawyer and also a woman. Um, so excited for that. <laughs> um, that's, the, that's the official subtitle, by the way. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've lost complete faith in D-plus shows. Like, unless I've heard good things about the finale, I won't be watching it, honestly. I, it's... I Yeah, I agree with you, but also... I'd say the stakes are much lower on this one, given that it's a half-hour comedy, like lawyer serial type show. So the the stakes um, leading up to the finale are much lower. So, I see that is true. I'd agree with you. But the thing is, they can't just get away with mediocre shows, and you slap on some Marvel IP. All of a sudden, it becomes you know the hottest show on the internet right now. Because like, if I'm looking for a comedy, I'm sure like there are many other like 30 20 minute comedy out there that's doing much better than she-hulk you know because you watch she-hulk partly for the marvel ip so i just think that the fact that i, I think moon knight is just a really great example of that them getting away with the mediocre show but like people watch it because it's moon knight it's this 
amazing character that a lot of people that has a cult following and then a lot of people you know adore it so i don't know man i i think we have to wait and see on this one yeah i i don't think i'm gonna watch it i like after thor 4 like i just said to myself <laughs> like i'm i guess we'll get into that i'm free i'm freeing myself from the shackles i've watched every <laughs> mcu thing and i'm done at this point i'm gonna watch black panther 2 because i think it looks cool um and like that's like it. It has to look really cool for me to watch it from this point out. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm done. So honestly, yeah. isn't that a good thing though? Sort of like yeah. getting out of the Marvel addiction, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'd say like yeah. I mean, to Marvel's credit, I think the whole point is the IP to a degree. Like you're yeah, you're you're watching the Marvel shows for the Marvel IP because it's a Marvel show. So like, what are you expecting here? Uh, but I do also agree that they should just make good shows. Like, yeah, if they put exactly. Yeah, I'm uh, into the pre-production of these shows. I think they could have uh, had much better stuff. Also, I mean, just the way they limit themselves with six episodes is like yeah. it's a handicap. They're making shows with like one hand tied behind their back. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, but somebody mentioned a certain Thor four more Thor <laughs> uh, with gore and cord um that's the movie we're reviewing today so uh first off we're gonna start with uh a new segment that we're gonna try out uh it's called guess the metacritic score not the best title we'll work on it um so metacritic is a a site where they uh kind of like average out uh reviews from critics so it's not like rotten tomatoes where anybody can say anything i mean there is another score on metacritic for that but it's biggest score that we're talking about here is just what the critics think Mm -hmm. and so it averages those out and then it gives it a score out of 100 um it's uh, unlike rotten tomatoes which tends to kind of like group things up at the higher scores and um you know the worst movies get kind of at the lower scores uh, Metacritic is kind of a, like a nicer like blend of all uh, scores, so you're more likely to find scores of any number really. Sure. Uh, and they also split it up by kind of like a color coding system. So 60 and above uh, is green, so kind of like this is good, good to great. Um, so yeah, 60 and above is green. 80 and above gets a kind of like a special green, like it's must see. Um, I think. It's between uh, 49 and 59 or so is yellow. And then the 40s and below are red. So we're going to try and guess what uh, Thor Love and Thunder's uh, Metacritic score is today. So let's start with Peter. Dude, I, why do I have a feeling that the audience score for this movie will be much lower? Because I feel like the audience ripped into it much more than the critics did. At least like from the initial screening. I'm going to say it's in the yellow range and um, 55 Hmm. will be my guess. Aiden? Yeah. um, uh, I think that, I think that like Marvel seems to get like a certain bias sometimes. I think where people are like, yeah, this is good enough and it's fun. I'm going to go like 65. Interesting. Um, yeah, it, I know Eternals got yellow, so they're not immune to it, but I want to say that was the first time that happened. That's like the so, lowest rated MCU one too, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah, people really didn't like that one. I still haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to... Peter, what was yours again? 55. I said yellow and 55. We got a 55 and a 65. So I'm going to play it safe and go with an even 60. Uh, So let's see what it says. Okay, I think... I think that means uh, Peter wins. It was a 57. So oh, it did. Yeah. Bro, what did I say? <laughs> in the yellow, 57. Well, what's the, I wonder what the audience score is for that. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll check. Um, 5.3. So for some reason, audience is out of 10, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense to me. But... Yeah, audience is lower then. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Peter, uh, who is going first for a non-spoiler reaction? All right. Uh, I'll go first. I, I, I this movie is still relatively fresh in my mind. Um, I just I saw it yesterday afternoon. So, honestly, first of all, I just want to say this movie does deserve some of the hate it gets, but it doesn't deserve all of them. Um, I think. Uh, it's really criminal for Marvel to hire amazing, amazing A-listers and just completely waste them. Uh, like I, I think like we sort of saw that in, in Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac and uh, Ethan Hawke. I think like these two criminally wasted the much, much better than you know what they've showcased on screen. And I think same same case can be said for Christian Bell here. Just like when when you say Christian Bell, you think of act, uh, you think of movies like Batman, um, American Psycho, like these are like amazing, amazing movies where Christian Bell like embodies the character, inhabits it, and just delivers a just breathtaking performance. But here, it's just first of all, his character doesn't get as much screen time to sort of build. build. Sorry, I, I felt. Like, should we get into this during the spoiler part, or should I just get into it now? It's this is the non-spoiler. Non-spoiler, okay. So whatever you so, can. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'll keep it short now. I'll keep it short. So Christian Bell wasted, but I think the movie somehow, because you know, like when you think like Thor, you don't think about like um, you think about like this sort of like it's like a fun movie. It's not at least like after Taika's taking over, like it's lighthearted, and, and I think it delivers on all that front, um, and. Honestly, I think the like the character, like especially like the, the main cast, when it comes to character building and emotions, it's honestly it's a new high for Thor. I feel like uh, compared to um, Ragnarok, at least. So for me, I think it's a solid three and three and a half out of five. Uh, I don't think it's as low as you know a two star, but I don't think it is as great as you know a four star. So three or three and a half for me. Okay, and one more question for you, Peter. So I'm glad you gave a, a rating for that. And then what would you, um, would you wreck this to someone else? Would you say like, go watch this? Or who would you say that to? What kind of? I, I think that's really tough. Because like, if we look at it, it's a fun movie, but it's not a good movie. You know, it's like that type of, it's like, um, it's like these action films where, like, you know the plot's going to be shit. You know, like, the, the, the like um, it's going to be cheesy. It's going to be like, oh, the world's ending. we got to save the world type of thing. Uh, but, like, you enjoy it nonetheless because, like, it's fun. And then, it, it you know, it packs the action with it. So I'd say for relaxing, like, you know, Sunday night, Friday night movie, maybe. But then that's about the only occasion I watch it, to be honest. Okay. Uh 
Aiden, what is your non-spoiler reaction to this movie? Yeah, um, without coming across too harsh, I thought it was really <laughs> bad. I went in with very low expectations. Like, I had heard this is a bad one, and it was way worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, just, like, to briefly summarize some of the things, like, I thought the script was the first draft, like, literally the first draft. Like, they just, they just like, vomited onto their keyboards. Um, I, fa- I completely agree Christian Bale was wasted, and I, like, appreciated that they tried to have more emotional development than Ragnarok, but I don't think any of it really landed for me. Um, I think it was also trying too hard to be funny and i didn't think it was funny uh i thought the action scenes weren't exciting i thought the shots were boring i didn't think there was anything like tantalizing like looking at the movie um uh yeah i i thought it was really really bad and i'd give it like one star like what happened Alex, we should add that. We should add a new segment. Did you fall asleep when watching this movie? We no, should ask I, that question. I did in the theater. I was like, I was like, man, I have to go to the bathroom. Do I think this scene's gonna be cool? And then I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I got up. So I missed like four minutes of it. But yeah. Um. Okay. So, would you recommend this movie to someone else? And I would only. So, what kind of movie goer? Yeah, so I would only recommend it, like, I was visiting family early, earlier this summer, and every family member I talked to really liked it. They said they thought oh, it was no. really, really funny, and they were like, yeah, this is great. So I guess, like, if you want to just go and, like, like, like I guess, like you were saying, Peter, like, if you just want to go and, like, on a Friday night and, like, have a good time, and you're not, like, you're not super into movies, and you've been generally following the MCU, like, yeah, it might be fine for you. But that's about, like, the only... I don't think even to that demographic, I'd recommend it. Mm-hmm. I think I would just be like, yeah, if you want to, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go. Um, yeah. I went in hoping that I was going to like it. I had seen, you know, kind of like lots of uh, people kind of praising it. Uh, and I saw some people going, yeah, this wasn't so great. Um, so I did see like a mix of reactions and I was trying my very hardest to like really like this one uh, after a, another fairly disappointing uh, Doctor Strange. Um, and yeah, it just, it did not work for me on almost any level. Um, it was, yeah, it wasn't well-written. Uh, like you said, I would go as far to say that this wasn't a first draft. This was an outline. Like they yeah. wrote an outline, first draft of an outline. And then they just kind of went like, mm, okay, that's enough. And then improvise the rest. Cause I know <laughs> and honestly, like that's not even the craziest uh, speculation because they did mm-hmm. improv quite a bit as, yeah. uh, as I understand it. Um, the comedy was not funny. <laughs> um, like I think out of, hundreds of jokes maybe like five worked and more of them were kind of like i might have like exhaled through my nose like like that sound like i guess kind of acknowledging that that was supposed to be funny more often than not i was laughing at the movie um i unfortunately did see this two times um why did i subject myself to this torture uh first (laughs) first time was to see it 
Second time, um, I saw it with uh, my cousin and my brother because they hadn't seen it and they wanted to see it. And I was like, okay, I guess. So, <laughs> so I've, I've seen it twice, so I can definitely like double down on this. I did not like the movie. Um, I think it's one of the worst Marvel products to this date. Um, so yeah, re- really disappointed. Um, I would give it... I think I on Letterboxd, I did give it one and a half. Um, I could see myself being like, okay, like maybe it's a two. But like just like the disappointment I feel from this is really making me want to drag that score down. Dude, you're like that uh, In-N-Out Burger guy. It's like my my disappointment is immeasurable and my day is ruined. <laughs> I did not know that was an In-N-Out Burger thing. But yeah, that sounds about right. Um, as for recommendations, um, I think this movie does, um, work for some people. I think, I think, um, the younger you are, the more you would enjoy this. Uh, I will get into this rather quickly, uh, after this section, but I think this movie is sort of meant for children. So children would probably get more out of this. Um, I also think that, um, maybe like older millennials slash younger um what is that gen x gen x i think it's the next one um like not boomers but after boomers before millennials (laughs) um i think it's kind of like like basically taika's my family was in (laughs) (laughs) i think they would enjoy it because they can kind of like get away from the marvel of it all and they're just watching it as like a funny movie and they're like yeah this Mm -hmm. is funny um, yeah. definitely like the jokes are like probably like dad jokes level um and also i feel like this movie is kind of like a just a big sketch comedy routine so if you liked snl like i think you would like this because it just feels like a two-hour snl skit like it's that's the quality but so, like a bad yeah. one <laughs> like one of the bad ones because they, like, <laughs> they have like they generally have like one that's like pretty funny every week okay but, yeah, like, yeah this is one of the bad ones <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say like are there good ones but um no i know i yeah so uh yeah let's let's start getting into it um we'll still start off with kind of like relatively no spoilers but sure. um and then yeah I'll, I'll give a spoiler warning before we go into it into that territory so first of all i kind of mentioned this in my review who do you think this movie is made for like like when taika was making this movie who is he writing it for um i do think he was like very much targeting it i think he was really going for that like millennial gen x sort of deal like that because to me like it really is that style of like it reminded me the way it's shot too it reminds me of like they just like plop the camera down and it's like all right let's just get some actors to come and like do some stuff uh and i feel like that like it reminds me of like a lot of comedies that were really popular in like the 2000s and like so to me it's hitting i guess in my mind it's hitting like the millennial slash young gen x audience Peter, what do you think? Honestly, I, no clue, man. No fucking clue. <laughs> I, I, when, I, when I watch this movie, I think you're right about kids, honestly. Because it's just, it's loud, and the goats, uh, like, is, is that spoiler? No? Yes? 
Goats are in the trailers. Can, okay, okay, I can talk about the goats. <laughs> Fuck can... them goats, man. <laughs> Get the goats out of the movie. Yeah. Dude, it just randomly, all of a sudden, you just hear a loud scream, and that sounds like a human scream. Yeah, Not even like goat scream, bro. Like, it wasn't funny. Goats the, out of the movie. It wasn't, it wasn't funny at all. Like, it was not funny at all. It wasn't funny the first time, and it definitely wasn't funny the 30th time. <laughs> no, no. Like, it's worse. It was a 2012 Facebook meme. Like, my letterbox yeah. review of it was literally all I wrote in the words was when I first saw the goats, I was like, oh, man, I hope they're not here for the whole movie. And then. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the story? Apparently, someone on set showed Taika the um the video where it's one of Taylor Swift's songs. Yeah. I want to say like Oh, it's Shake It Off, right? Yeah. No, I think it's I, I think, think it's trouble cuz it goes uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they replaced the um the odds or whatever with the goat screams. Mm-hmm. And they showed it to Taika and he had never seen it before. I don't know how. I don't yeah. know how it escaped him, but he was like, "Oh, this is what the goats are going to sound like." Yeah. So wherever that person is, I hate you. That's what I mean. It, it had to have been like an old millennial slash young Jet X that showed him that. Like that's the only because that's the only person that would like think that's Still funny. Find that funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh god. Um, so I would say that kind of like I alluded to this, but I would say that this was meant. For children, I think Taika being a you know a father of young kids was like I'm making a movie for them. The one thing that confounds me is the fact that it is rated PG-13, and that this is a movie where there is a god butcherer and there yeah. is a character that says orgy. I want to say nine times. Yeah, yeah. Clearly oriented towards children, and I'm just like. Pick one. Like, it doesn't make <laughs> sense. Why are there so many kids in this movie? It has yeah. to be four oh, kids, yeah. and then it doesn't feel like that at all. It's so weird. It doesn't make any sense. Dude, that's yeah, hilarious. We can, we can get into this. I don't know if you want to talk about this now, but, like, the kids was, like, how they did that was, like, one of my problems with the movie, like, relating to the kids. We don't have to – I we, that's a little – ahead in the movie but yeah i i'd say let's save it because i prefer to add spoilers into that discussion because i agree the kids i just yeah the kids man i yeah (laughs) i really hated that um so okay so how about how would you compare this movie to ragnarok so let's say you've got someone who enjoyed ragnarok or maybe didn't enjoy ragnarok how would you say this one uh, improves upon the last one or is worse from the last one? What do you think? Dude, all I'm going to say is no Tom Hiddleston. Boom. That's a two-star drop right there. All, <laughs> dude, all you need is bring Tom Hiddleston back. This movie, instant four-star. Dude, no, I don't, no questions asked. I don't even fuck with Loki like that. I don't really care about Loki, but I think Ragnarok is way better. Like, I think Ragnarok had the common criticism where people generally liked it and the criticism was, like, oh, there's so many jokes that, like, you don't really feel anything. But for me, like... What, <laughs> you haven't seen Ra- Love and Thunder like, yet. What was, yeah, exactly. Like, Love and Thunder, like, tried to, like, int- insert these, like, more emotional moments and they didn't work at all and the jokes were worse. And to me, Ragnarok was, like, it was a lot more fun. I thought the jokes were funny. And mm. I also thought the script actually built the stakes. Like, you actually felt tension rise as the script yeah. went on. One of my big problems with Thor 4 doesn't rise at all. 
Like mm -hmm. I, at no point in the movie did I feel threatened by anything. So in terms of who I'd recommend it to, if someone liked Ragnarok, if they really, really love Taika Waititi, like they're a big uh, like fan of his, then they might still like this. Cause I, but then again, like it's his style, but it's him phoning it in on his own style. So right, like, yeah. like, I don't know. Like, cause I liked Ragnarok. I really love, I don't know if you've seen Hunt for the Wilder People. That's one of his first movies. I love that movie. Amazing um, movie. I, I watched Hunt for the Wilder People on the same day that I, I watched it. Uh, I've seen it maybe two other times before. So this was like a repeat viewing. Yeah. I watched it on the same day that I rewatched Thor Love and Thunder yeah. and I'm still like the whiplash. It's <laughs> <laughs> not the same director, bro. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. I just want to say though, like Thor Ragnarok made me love Korg. Like Korg is hilarious, you know, uh, throughout the movie, you know, but like in this movie, I don't know what they did. Korg was not funny at all. We'll get into Korg. We'll get into yeah. Korg. Korg um, was not hitting. Yeah. I agree with um, that. So, would you both agree that you liked Thor Ragnarok? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. And you've both seen it multiple times, or just one? I've seen it a bunch of times. Handful. I've seen it only once. Only once. Okay. Yeah. So I've seen Ragnarok. I want to say three times now. So not that many. Um, <laughs> And just three three well it come on it released five years ago like yeah. you know more people have seen it more times anyways um i have to say the first time i watched it in theaters you know i was loving it you know that was right during the height of like marvel era like peter and i uh and our friends were like seeing all the latest releases so you know it was great we loved it yeah. um every time i've rewatched it i've been like what happened? Like, like I, I, it's gotten worse every single time I've yeah. uh, watched it. And I think I've kind of like figured out why I didn't like it. And Aiden did kind of like point some of the things out. There's zero emotion in the movie. Um, literally like all this crappy stuff happens to, happens to Thor and he never like misses a beat. Like he's so happy all the time. And it's weird. Yeah. Um, the movie feels very fake. Like, 90% of the time it's like oh I can tell like the green screen's right there yeah. the CGI isn't great the color correction is like concrete in for like Jack Kirby's like colorful designs and it still looks like dull gray yeah. um, which is so bizarre to me um, it does have um, more like uh, the stakes and like the like general script things um more so than love and thunder um but hella is a is a terrible villain when you get down to it um i love kate blanchett's performance of what she was able to give but literally like she takes over asgard and then just waits and yeah. just wastes her time with like scourge and trying to make him do stuff and um so yeah i've i've become disappointed with uh, ragnarok over time um the jokes are still uh, they're funnier than uh, Love and Thunder, but still, like, not Taika's best work. Yeah. Um, so then going on to uh, Love and Thunder, and I did, I think I, uh, the third time I rewatched Ragnarok was just, like, two days before Love and Thunder. So it was fresh in my mind. Um, what Aiden said about uh, there being an attempt uh, at, at emotion in this movie, I 100% agree. Um, I, I could see that they were trying, which was nice. 
Um, did they succeed? No, none at all. But um, the th it's the thought that counts, some people yeah. say. Um, and then I think the other thing uh, they improved upon in this one was the villain. I think Gore is more convincing um, as a villain, uh, as, as far as like motivation goes. Um, he doesn't, he, he kind of falls into the same um, issues as Hela. Don't want to say much more than that in yeah. non-spoilers, but um, could have been better. But I think, I think if I had to compare the two, I think Gore is better than Hela. Um, I agree. I liked Gore, but I didn't. I liked the concept of him, but I did not like what they did with him. And I can get more into that. Neither did neither I. But yeah. I think you know comparatively. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, yeah, let's let's get into uh, talking about some of the cast. So uh, while we're on the topic of Gore. What did you guys think about uh, Bale's performance? Still non-spoilers, uh, as much as we can. Uh, Bale was great. And yeah, I thought he was really great. <laughs> I mean, I think I thought he did a really good job. I uh, every every scene he was in, I was like, oh okay. Um, I don't, like I was starting to get into it a little bit more. Um, yeah, but yeah, mm -hmm. I thought he was good. Peter, hard cap. I think Bale was fucking terrible. Really? I think really? he 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 just did it for the bag, bro. He, he was so bad. Dude, like, when I, as I said before, when I, when I, when you say Bale, I think of, you know, American Psycho, Batman, you know, all these, all these movies. As you even mentioned The Prestige, you love that movie. Oh, yeah, Prestige. He did Prestige, too. Yeah. Dude, oh, my God. And when, when it comes to this movie, it's like, I think it's not really Bale's fault, maybe, just because, like, I think they just did a really terrible job setting up Gore as a character. Like, they're just like, hey, look at the scene. He's sad. Now he wants to kill gods. So you're some, do you get that? He wants to kill God because he's sad, right? <laughs> and then, and then like, we don't see him, like, we don't really see him grow as the God Butcher. We just see him before the God Butcher and him when he is already the God Butcher, you know? Yeah. So, like, there, like there were gaps to fill in that you know the movie doesn't really do that for you at all. The movie's like, hey, fill in your heads. Like a couple years past, he's killing gods now. So yeah, I think. And, uh, sorry, yeah, what were you saying? And and like, I think like it's just like, was he doing sort of like an accent switch when um when he was like uh corrupted and before he was corrupted? I don't Bill? think so. He's not British in this movie, is he? Because I remember when he he was not corrupted, he was talking an American accent. But when he was corrupted, he's sort of talking with like a different accent. I don't know. Maybe it's just like. He but like I just I just feel like he doesn't sell Gore as a character at all. It, I think it's a combination of factors. It's just not him. Uh, it, it's probably not like solely his fault. But like, like, like it's the characters that like I don't feel like I feel Gore as like a creepy old man. Instead of like this all powerful creature that's on the hunt because he's driven, you know? So like I like I just feel like they got the identity of the character completely wrong and you know, so yeah. and like for Bale's caliber, like when Bale got announced, everyone's excited. It's like Marvel's best villain question mark, you know? Uh no, it, it was it was terrible. I think. I, yeah, I think he was. Um, I think he was held back by the material. Um, so if we look at it just from like just acting, like how he did um, with what he was given, I think he did a pretty good job. 
Um, there's definitely some like interesting choices that we'll get into. There's one scene in particular where he's um, trying to like, I guess I can't get into it without getting into kind of my See, like, I think what makes Bale such a great actor is that he's able to deliver the emotional complexity of a character. Um, he like, you know, when like he's, uh, for, I'll, I'll take Batman's example because it's easy. Cause like he's able to like switch on and off. Like he's able to show like the pain and suffering of Batman. And he's able to show the pain and suffering of Bruce Wayne. And he's able to switch on and off like that. And, but like with gore, it just feels so one dimensional. It's like before he's gore, he's good loving father. And then after he's gore, he's just bloodthirsty, you know, and like, there's, it's not convincing. And, yeah. and it, it's, it might be the writing, it might be him, but overall, I just think like he is not meant for that role or like the, at least like the way Taika's written it. Yeah, I was going to say like, I definitely had that problem with the writing, but I, I definitely felt like when Bale was on screen, he was like one of the only captivating things in the movie to me. Um, yeah, Bale. yeah. I would say that even though it was... Like, I, I agree that I think the character can be a bit one-dimensional in some ways. I'd say that, yeah, the performance does kind of, like, reach out at you and, like, grab you um, more so than, like, most of the performances. Like, he could have phoned it in, yeah. and I don't think he did. I think he was still trying, you know, as much as he tries in any other movie, I don't think he was kind of, like, looking down on the Marvel movies. I think he was trying and honestly yeah i think his performance was like one of the decent things about this movie even though yeah. like yeah the character's not great dude i actually i completely disagree i really enjoyed hemsworth and natalie portman's performance and tessa thompson's performance in this let's, movie. let's get into that so let's go through each of them separately so hemsworth peter tell me what you think about because i feel like I think what's so great about taika era's thor movie because like before taika era there's like we're sort of it's almost like um, so when um, what's 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 the guy's name that did Thor one and two? Is oh, also two different, uh, two different guys. One yeah, was Kenneth uh, Branagh. Yeah, Branagh. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's Kenneth for both, right? No, the second one was Alan Taylor. I want to say he was okay. a Game of Thrones director, actually. Okay, so so like I, I felt like like in that era of Thor film, like they really showcase sort of like the. Um, the the struggle for Asgard's throne and the struggle of like like power like between Thor and Loki and then while facing sort of an external threat at the same time so it's uh, so it's like like Thor is like this wary person and it's 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 no fun seeing Thor like that you know and and I felt like Taika completely thrown that out of the window and just focused on Thor being this like um whimsy whimsical space viking pretty much and then i think if we want to get into it but like in during the infinity war and endgame era we sort of see a combination of that so like thor being like this you know he's wary for this external threat that's thanos but he's also he's willing to have fun on the way you know um and many people say like that era of thor is a bad thor i sort of agree with that but but like in in this film in particular, I felt like a lot of relationships like surrounding Thor feels really artificial. Feels really like about like the best relationship Thor has is between like Thor and Loki. It's just sort of like 
um, you know, from like complete rivals to turn it into like, you know, allied against Thanos. I, I think that's a great, that's a great arc. And I feel like, like his arc with Jane Foster didn't really get me in the first two Thor film, but it really did in this Thor film. I, 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 I don't know why, but like, I just felt the connection felt really genuine that, that like the, I don't know whether it's because like the way they sort of like they showcase sort of like this really heavy sort of like storyline between these two with like a really carefree narration by Korg. And then and like when you really like read into what's on screen now you can see like this is just like, you know, it's like it's almost like um, 500 days of summer, but like (laughs) more lighthearted manner. Uh, And then eventually, you know, when. Dude, I can't get into spoilers, can I? <laughs> I want to talk about Jay, but I can't. But um, well, um just, I, yeah, so, so you thought he was like pretty good, Hemsworth, as far as acting, like. I think so, yeah, because because I because I, I feel like at least like the way they played the relationship with Jay in this one, it caught me by surprise the the way they handled it and the eventual conclusion of it, and also like it felt really genuine that Thor has you know he's been fighting for all his life. He's like, you know, he's never really had a moment of like respite. He never really like, um, he, he wants to like, like, like as like, um, early on in the movie, it, like he, he feels empty. And I, and I feel like this movie showcases how the emptiness is fulfilled. And I really love that. I think that was really well done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Aiden, what did you think about, uh, Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, I mean, I think he clearly cares a lot about it. Like, I think he put a lot of energy into it. Um, I, I didn't really have a problem with him. I would agree that, like, when Ragnarok first came out and we kind of have this new Thor who's, like, a bit dumber, a bit goofier, and a bit, like, stronger. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, but this time around, I thought he was too dumb. I was, I was like, there were some scenes where I was just like, oh, my God, man. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, like, this is more writing, but I really, I didn't like his arc. I didn't think it was very developed. I don't think it was developed very well. Um, and I, I, I really didn't buy into any of the emotional scenes. I don't know if that was, I, again, I feel like that was largely a writing thing. Um, but yeah, I also just didn't think, I think, I think my, most of my problems were writing, but I'll just leave it at, I think Chris Hemsworth put good energy into it. I think he cares. And I thought it was fine. I would say that, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I, th- I think that Chris Hemsworth did a good job in this movie, more or less. Um, I agree that the characterization has changed quite a bit over the years. Um, dumb Thor is uh, a choice, um, one that I'm not crazy about. Uh, I agree that Infinity War era Thor, uh, or, you know, Russo Brothers version of Thor is one of the best ones. Um, uh, I think Chris Hemsworth does have a talent for comedy. I don't know that all of his jokes work. There's one that uh, is in some of the trailers, so I'm going to talk about it. It's early in the film, too, where he's, like, saying bye to Star-Lord, and then he does this weird Asgardian handshake, and that was 100% improv. And I'm like, this isn't really that funny. I don't know why they kept it in the movie. But, um, yeah, I'd say that Chris Hemsworth really does put a lot of his energy into this movie. And I, for better, like, I think he does a pretty good job. Um, one of you mentioned his romance with uh, Jane in the movie. Um, so, let, 
let's kind of shuffle our way into that. What did you think about, uh, without again, no spoilers, which is going to be tough. So just talk about the performance. What did you guys think about Natalie Portman as uh, Jane Foster? Much, much better than first two. First two, she's just there as Thor's girlfriend. This one, she's an actual character now, which is fantastic. Again, let's focus more on like the performance more than the writing. It's kind. Of, I know it's like hard to separate those two things, but uh, I'd say you know, performance wise, I think she did a very convincing job. You know, mm-hmm. um, given you know something happened in the movie, and um, I think she portrays that perfectly. And like the um, the this sort of struggle between balancing being Mikey Thor and being just a normal person. She's uh, given like the, she, even though like she's featured in, uh, I say a good amount in the movie, she still has like limited screen time to showcase like the emotional stuff because a lot of it is fight scenes. Um, given like the limited time she has, I think she did a fantastic job. It really loves good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't have like a huge, I didn't have a big problem with it, but I, I felt like there wasn't much complexity behind because what she's going through in the movie is pretty it's it's momentous it's 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 quite big um yeah yeah and i i don't know i didn't i didn't really feel like there was much dynamic uh emotion to her performance i felt like she was either doing one thing or the other instead of you know having some grief in with her happiness and there being like a sense that her happiness is fleeting. I, I guess I can't, I won't get into too much, but yeah. Um, yeah. I thought she was fine. Fine. Okay. I'm, I'm between fine and not great, uh, which might, it sounds like it, that might be a hot take here. Um, when Peter said that this performance was better than the other movies, I don't know if I agree with that, which I think her performance in Thor 1, which I think Thor 1 is like not a, it's a really boring movie, but like structurally, like it's pretty sound, which is apparently a lot for a Thor movie. <laughs> it's, it's hard for them to, to be good. Um, but yeah, I, I did admire her performance more or less in Thor 1. And here I just, she's trying to be funny and, it never works you know chris hemsworth was hit or miss other characters were hit or miss jane foster was never funny for me it i just don't think she's the kind of character or actor who can do funny it's a hard thing and um i personally did not buy the romance between thor and jane i not even a little bit i didn't see from there was just somehow the chemistry that was kind of in the first two movies was not here yeah. um whether that's a, a direction thing or a writing thing well, could be oh. uh, part of the influence but yeah i just yeah i really did not like jane foster in this movie yeah. i just um, i just as you're sorry to cut you off but just as you were talking like i had a like flashback to one of the scenes where it's her and valkyrie talking in like a doorway Okay. And I was just yeah. like, that was bad. <laughs> that one was yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and some people have been saying that, okay, we'll do one more cast. I was going to skip ahead from cast, but people have been saying that um, Tessa Thompson was phoning in her performance as Valkyrie. Oh, I liked her. Um, actually. 
I, the same thing for me. I was going to say, actually, I thought that her performance was more interesting than some of the other characters. She kind of has this like almost deadpan quality to her where she's as close to a, a straight man in this comedy as mm-hmm. there is. Because there, there almost isn't. Um, for people who don't know, straight man in comedy is just, you know, you have a bunch of characters who are acting goofy. Um, and then there's the one character who is not. And that's the straight man. Um, so the best example of that is, uh, in, at least in my mind, is uh, Jim from The Office. So, you know, oh, yeah. Michael and Dwight are like acting like a fool. And then it's Jim that looks in the camera and he's like, what the heck is going yeah. on? And that's kind of like what's funny about it. Or like any um, character Jason Bateman plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, Arrested Development, great show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I I think, like, I would like more Valkyrie, actually. Like, I think um, I think she could, you know, have a good uh, D-plus show if they would give her, like, uh, enough episodes to do something and we're not afraid of gay people. Because, <laughs> like, come on. Come on, Disney. We'll yeah. get into that for this movie, but... God, um, Peter, what are your thoughts on uh, Valkyrie? I mean, I've always loved Tessa Thompson. She's great That's in right. Westworld. Yeah. She's great here. She's great anywhere. And uh, I'm, I'm really uh, quite impressed by her British accent as well. She did a really good British accent. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, because she's American. Sometimes I, I forget about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I think that's enough for non-spoilers. I think it's time we get into this movie. So this is your official spoiler warning. We're going to get, um, for lack of a better word, down and dirty into spoiler zone. So uh, if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want things spoiled, uh, maybe stop listening now and come back later. Uh, If you don't plan on watching this movie, I think we'll cover it um, thoroughly enough that you can um, follow along with the plot and maybe laugh along as we uh, really dissect what we uh, hate about this movie <laughs> uh, or maybe enjoyed uh, for some of us. So uh, first of all, uh, how does this movie start? Um, with the gore scene. With, uh, yeah, Aiden, why don't you lead us to the opening? Sure. Yeah, so the first thing I wrote in my notes here is that I think the opening scene is fine. It's like right off the bat, it's like this scene is okay. I like that. Like one of my problems with movies is like they don't show like shit for gore's development but this is the one scene where we get a little bit of gore and we get a little bit of like actually showing something happening to him and him doing something um and so yeah i liked that it gave us uh like i liked the scene in the desert uh with his daughter i thought that was fine i thought that it was a little when he does meet the god i thought it was a little silly i would have liked if they did it a bit differently like the sword kind of just drops into his lap, which I actually think would have been fine for me, provided that um, they leaned into Gore thinking it was his destiny more. Because I could understand, mm-hmm. like, if the sword falls into his lap and then he's like, oh, I'm destined to do this, to kill all these gods, but then he doesn't really have that. So, um, yeah, Alex, you have something to say. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I just want to recap for anyone who hasn't watched the movie. So, opens on desert. Gore and his daughter are walking along on this uh, great desert plain um, on some planet, we, we assume. Um, reminded me a lot of uh, Lawrence of Arabia, but probably only because I just watched it recently. Um, 
and they're walking along and it seems like they're pretty thirsty and then out of the blue um well maybe not out of the blue uh gore's daughter dies sad um and she likes drawing or something and then she dies and that's very sad and so he buries her and he just kind of cries and cries and cries and then out of the oasis or no out of nowhere the oasis appears and there's this lush forested area uh, and he encounters a god and i think his name is rapu or something and he's this golden god that they worship and um and he's very like um mean he's not very nice he doesn't care about uh the fact that gore and his daughter were like um like hardcore worshipers or like whatever you call that uh faithful for example um and so he's very mean to gore uh kind of like mocks him and the fact that his daughter died and just kind of like lying nearby is this uh evil sword um and gore's kind of antagonizes the god enough that rapu starts like choking him and then the sword just kind of like floats into his hand and then gore stabs rapu by the way, Rapu, if you're a Taika Waititi fan, apparently he's played by um, one of the vampires from What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, that's great, cool. Great movie. He's the he's the kind of like the one who thinks he's so sexy, like that guy. Um, anyways, so uh, is that all your thoughts on the opening, Aiden? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I, I didn't have much else to say about that. Okay, what do you think, Peter? Okay, so this is, I think, I think this opening scene just captures pretty much what does not work uh for me like this entire movie like all the issues uh like at least most of the issues i think is captured by this opening scene i either i don't think marvel is the correct brand to do gore or taika is not the correct director to go do gore now the reason why i said marvel is not the correct brand is because marvel is not willing to go as hardcore they want to keep everything relatively you know like they, they want to keep everything relatively lighthearted, even in some of the movies fe- featuring some, like, hev- heavy-hearted stuff. Like, I would love to see Rapu showing more cruelty towards these subjects um, than simply just, like, hey, like, he's here to crash our party. I'm just going to throw fruits at him. Uh, even though, like, he's my loyal worshiper, the last one there is. And I think, like... If Marvel's willing to go to more extremes, I think that will capture Gore's sort of like sudden change to like shift into darkness a lot, make that a lot more convincing. And uh, and also the other the other thing I said, Taika might not be the best director for this, is that I, I felt like it is something that is really heavy. And this is something that I don't think you should turn that into a comedy. I, I think Taika wants to turn a lot of like heavy... Like, despite how heavy the situation is, he would diffuse it with sort of, like, either comedic setting or, like, com- like something comedic within the scene to offset that heaviness. And I really don't think Gore is someone that you should do that to. Because I don't... I, again, I'm not a avid comic reader, so I don't really... I'm not really sure what his origin is like and how similar it is to, like, what we showcase on the movie. Like, I think an extended version of this scene would do Gore a lot more good like capturing how he how much he cares about his daughter instead of just like informing us like uh, that you know it's his daughter that died so his uh he's you know the girl's dad so he probably really cares about her so you know this is meant to be a sad scene like i don't really feel that much emotion in that scene 
And then mm-hmm. following up afterwards was like the God stuff. Again, like the mocking is sort of like that. They capped it off at mocking, you know? And I feel like they really should have pushed on much further than that. Because this is a sudden change in for Gore. Because Gore is a loyal worshiper. He worshiped until no one else is left. You know, he's the last... Um, He's, he's, he's the last person that worshiped Rapu in this world. And like that sort of conviction and drive doesn't just get shattered like that. Or like um, instead of, you know, just like some like light fruit throwing action. I think either the, the god has to go overboard or gore has to go overboard. Like one of the two. Uh, and, and I think it's just, you know, a little too... I guess that uh, that might just be like the stake problem in this movie as well. It's just like a little too light. They should definitely lean a lot heavier into the yeah. darkness of gore and the gods. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would just say like I actually don't think they needed to have Repu do anymore because I think like if you are this religious zealot and your daughter just died. The only explanation you can think about that is like, okay, well, my God must have a reason. He must have a path. And so then you meet your God and he mocks you. He doesn't care about your daughter. Nothing matters. He takes your worship for granted. I think, I think literally nothing else could be worse than that. Even if the God like stabbed him, I think that that's not worse. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that nothing Rapu could have done is worse than that. Um, so I thought that was fine. I, I wish they dealt with the sword a bit better. I wish they dealt with his turn a bit more. Cause it's like, does he really start killing every single God after this? Like, I agree that it was a little sudden still, but I think that, um, and maybe if they showed a bit more about Gore's backstory, like maybe he previously was a little erratic or I don't know, but yeah, For sure. I, I, th- I agree. Yeah. I thought that I, I, I didn't think they needed, I don't think they were hindered by a PG-13 rating or not going far enough in this scene. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, avid comic reader here for Peter. Um, not avid, but I'm getting into it. And I did read uh, the whole gore storyline that this is based on before I watched the movie. Um, so I can provide all the necessary context. Um, so to answer your question, Peter, there is an entire... So I think... I want to say the whole gore situation is maybe 10 issues of the Thor story. I could be wrong on that. Um, and I want to say one whole issue is just gore's origin mm-hmm. and it's handled much better. Um, so spoil spoilers on the, uh, the comic book. If you haven't read it, um, I would say definitely, definitely go check that out because it's what this movie was supposed to be and is so much better. Um, So in that origin, he has a full family uh, and there's like a a tribe of these people. And first his wife dies and then uh, his other kid dies and there's this whole tribe of people and they're like, they just keep telling him, um, you know, the gods will provide. And eventually Gore's like, there are no gods. If there were gods, like, um, you know, why would we be living like this? Dude, and, love that. And I think I think they, and so, you know, all, all of that is quite a lot longer than I've just described it. I've summarized mm-hmm. it pretty quickly. Yeah. And so he, he says, there's no gods. And his people say, you know, blasphemy, and they stone him. I think they literally stone him. So apparently that happens across the universe. And um, so he's 
abandoned by his tribe and he's all alone and he starts wandering and then he does find some gods he happens upon some gods and it's a golden god kind of like rapu but not really and a black um colored god and they've they've been fighting or something and they're both really injured and one has the the necro sword and it's at that moment where gore's like so there were gods but they just didn't care about us at all it's not like a rapu like um mocking him scene it's very much just like the gods were there but they didn't do anything so they're not worthy they shouldn't and there is an element of the necro sword like um kind of corrupting corrupting. Yeah. yeah yeah corrupting you so um uh, anyways as for how this scene was um i feel like what happened is marvel said okay you have seven minutes to uh, give gore's origin no more no less and so they're like okay well that's what we got and so they just kind of like try to cram it in there and it yeah. didn't um i wanted to like it but like it it happened so quickly yeah. um think about like um like up right up has that heart-wrenching sequence but it's like what 10 minutes i don't yeah. know but, like you have to know the characters before you exactly. them off. Yeah. it doesn't work if i've just met this person two seconds ago and then they're dead like i don't know yeah. who this is it's sad that it's a, a kid but like eh, i don't know who this is um and then the rapu thing was silly i think it was a bit over the top um yeah like very like ham-fisted like this is why he hates the gods because the gods were like mocking him and throwing fruit at him when it i agree that it wasn't necessary and also like this is kind of like a small thing but i when they use like a close-up of rapu in the movie like that just felt like the weirdest shot i don't know about you guys but like like it's it's like a like a really close-up shot of rapu as he's mocking him maybe it's a i'm supposed to feel that way like it's like he's really in your face i don't know i thought that was weird yeah i i right away watching that scene actually also like the way it was shot i remember like immediately being like oh there's something i i don't like about this weird and then as the movie goes on it's like i don't like this i don't stop it keeps going yeah (laughs) um yeah it just gets worse but yeah now that you've said that like I think they could have been a lot more efficient with their time in this scene, which is one of my biggest criticisms of this movie in general is that it wastes so much of its time. So, yeah. so rushed and waste wasting yeah. the time that they do have with bits most often. Yeah. I think what they should have done for this is stretch it out, like give a, a you know, like a teaser of the gore thing. I don't honestly, I don't know how you make that kind of thing work. It works well for comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't want to like introduce this stuff too late like you do kind of want the gore stuff at the beginning but you don't want to load it all of the yeah i don't know um so yeah so honestly gore... though, now that you mentioned the comic book story i wouldn't mind like seeing like 10 minutes of gore like at you know the beginning where before he corrupted and how he slowly because you know family's death or like um unfortunate events on his people slowly turning towards the dark side and eventually you know like witnessing like in actions of the god because that's such a great premise you know it's like it's like it's almost like the premise of the watchman where like you have an omnipotent this like all-powerful being but the being chooses to do nothing what like is that really like what we're worshiping you know like a being that you know chooses in action above all and that that's such a like a deep moral question that they can be asking while you know it's a god throwing fruit yeah <laughs> yeah uh... God. Like if if they if they have like ten minutes of gore, 
and then uh, inter intertwined Gore's sort of like downfall to darkness with like Thor with the Guardians maybe, and then because that will give Thor a little more time with the Guardians because I thought like that series of scenes would like so rush as well. Um, yeah, let's um yeah, I 100 percent agree that like yeah. 10 minutes of gore even would have probably helped a lot. But mm-hmm. yeah, let's get into the guardians, because that's coming up next. Um why don't you uh take us into that? What did you think about the Guardians inclusion in this movie? So honestly, at, at least like at the end of Endgame, where we've already seen sort of a little bit of interaction between Thor and the Guardians in uh, Infinity War, right? They they had a little interaction in Infinity War. And then they had a little bit more interaction towards the end of Endgame. Like, you just see this hilarious comedic group. Like, I want to see a movie where Thor is part of the Guardians, you know? But, but, but like, in this movie, it was literally just like, okay, he's with the Guardians. We're not going to show all the fun bits. We're just going to show them do one, one major fight scene, and then we're going to wrap it up. I get it's a Thor movie, but, man, the Guardians would mishandle, man. Like, it's just like... Like, they're, they're all the Guardians that we lo- know and love, but they have, like, minimal screen time. Like, their talents were not showcased at all. And Yeah. yeah. And they're, like, they're weird. They're not their yeah. regular selves. They're, like, a little different, all of them, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, so my take on it is actually, like, if they want to make a movie that is just Thor, they don't want Guardians in it the whole time. Because I agree it's better if they just have them together. I think that's more interesting. But I would have had less of them. I would have straight up like cut out pretty much that scene where <laughs> they're just like fighting in on this planet. wasn't mm-hmm. falling, wasn't like action packed, wasn't good action. So it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. And what's the point of the scene? It's just to show like oh, I completely he's, agree. He's, yeah. like, he's like powerful, but he's empty. I would rather have them just talk about the fact that they did that, like on the way to go like pick up Lady Sif. <laughs> Because oh, oh my god, amazing! So much, yeah, there's so much of this movie where they're just talking about shit that I want them to show me, and then they show me yeah. shit that I would just rather them talk about. And I think that you can have like a good conversation that sets off that arc with Thor. He can already be on his way to Sif. He can like arrive there and see some of Gore killing some gods or something, so he gets some action. That scene moves way faster. We don't have to deal with this improv bullshit that isn't funny. Um, yeah, like, I, I really think that it would have been a lot more interesting if, um, they kind of just, like, dumped him off, like, right away. Um, yeah. Because it's not good anyways. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not, not it's, it's not cool. It's not funny, you know? If it's gonna yeah. just be, like, a cameo, then make it, like, a proper cameo. Like, they literally yeah. just drop him off. And that's 100% it. agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's this weird thing that Marvel has been getting into, where they set up something at the end of one movie... And they completely disregard yeah. it. Exactly. <laughs> I, I it's almost just feels like Taika is just like, oh, so he did that. Uh, I got. I better. I better wrap that up. <laughs> right. Like it's. It's like why don't they actually? I feel like they don't talk to each other or they don't think things through far enough so mm-hmm. that you know suddenly they're like, oh well, the cliffhanger from the last one we have to change. Yeah. And it's like yeah. why? And they're so quickly trying to. They're trying to set up the new movie as they're trying to wrap up what the last movie set up. And it's so bad yeah. every single time. The most egregious example for me is the popular, for some reason, movie Spider-Man No Way Home. Slight spoilers Dude. here. Where they, like, for the first 
half an hour. They're trying to quickly resolve what happened at the end of last movie so mm-hmm. that they can do their new stupid multiverse plot that makes no sense. Ugh, it makes me so mad. Um, I like that movie. <laughs> you liked it? I like oh. that one, yeah. Oh, God. I, I agree, though, Alex, because like I feel like... You know, you could have been in this sort of like really peculiar situation with Spider-Man where like his identity is revealed and like what would his life be like? But then they just yeah. completely wrote it off, you know, and it was like 20 minutes. Yeah, of because screen time. think about most of the movie doesn't matter that he's mm-hmm. Spider-Man. It's just about the like it's it ties very loosely into exactly. um, yeah. why the people are there. But it does, in the end, it doesn't matter. Um, anyways, back to the Guardians. Um, yeah, so like I said, I think they're weird in this movie. I totally agree with Aiden. Like, I don't think that first action scene was any good. The best part was the priest. I thought he was pretty funny. Where he's like, uh, I don't know, he had like a funny voice and a funny way of speaking. So I thought I just, he was I don't good. remember it. So it might have been. It just completely cringed me out, he, man. He goes like, like he goes like, oh, like that. <laughs> and I thought that was, I thought that was funny. Um, I appreciate like a good like little funny acting thing, but um, yeah, the the whole like oh no the glass thing shattered what <laughs> like obviously and those chicken Muppets were really strange oh, yeah. choice, and the way Thor fights is weird and, and his costume sucks. I hate his costume at the you hated that one. I hated I... it. I thought it looked stupid. <laughs> the the Ravager Thor looks stupid, but like the 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 Cape Thor with like the first stuff, we'll, that we'll one is in, amazing. We'll get yeah. into that, but I I didn't hate his current costume. I thought the the Ravager stuff, I didn't mind it. I I liked the like kind of like the 80s. Vest, I yeah, yeah, the it. 80s like hair metal like it was a vibe. I kind of dug it. He was definitely going it's for mid, like mid. 80s ha- mm-hmm. hair glam metal this whole yeah. movie. Um well, when he remembers, I guess, but yeah. um <laughs> Then he plays Sweet Child yeah. of Mine. Yeah. Yeah. God. yeah. Um, but yeah, the Guardians. Um, I don't know. They didn't. They didn't need to be in this movie. It was just like Russo Brothers set it up, and then he was like, mm, "Screw that. We don't need it." And he wrapped it up as quickly as possible. Okay. So uh, before the Guardians thing happened, there was a um, there was a quick recap of um, of the previous Thor movies. Um, that was interesting. Oh, just Thor running? That one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Thor running. Thor running, Thor being carried in the baby thing. And um, yeah, like a re- like a literal, like every beat of the other yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. That's, I hope they don't do that again. Because yeah. I, I mean, like the MCU is the most expensive television show ever produced, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's like, we've seen the other episodes. We've seen them. Yeah. Like, like why are you like... I don't understand the MCU most of the time doesn't give a fuck if you're caught up or not. I don't know why they yeah. suddenly put this scene in here. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like what happens when we get to like Secret Wars and then it's like <laughs> Here we go! <laughs> 20 movies! <laughs> Gotta recap like yeah. yeah, essentially 20 movies and uh, god, it's so silly. I mean, Taika was trying to be funny about it and we're using Cork's narration which of course is Bro, I'm so sad, man. How did they fuck up Cork this badly? Oh god. Do you want to talk about Cork now? <laughs> Let's talk about Cork. Okay, okay. First of all, I just want to say when we when we got to the um the omnipotent city, right? That's the the god city, right? Yeah, Korg's god is 
has a throw made of scissors. I, I just love that. That's a good that's a good cameo. It's like Game of Thrones, but it's like, you know, scissors. I didn't catch that, but I do think that's funny, actually. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's yeah. yeah. No, I didn't get the uh, the Game of Thrones bit, but that does make that makes me appreciate it a little bit more. But yeah. I just remember seeing it and being like, that's not funny. <laughs> like, like I think he goes, like he makes like a really weird non-verbal sound. And I was like, nope, not for me. And let's shoot on Cork. <laughs> what? That's shit on Korg. Shit on Korg. Uh, yeah. Oh, fucking funny. Not funny. Doesn't look like he's actually there for most of the movie. Like, like, like he's not CG did well there. No, he's not. Dude, his <laughs> eyes. His eyes creep me out. <laughs> Uncanny Valley, but like rocks. Yeah. Um, God. And yeah, full spoilers. By the way, when they like fake killed him off. I was so happy. I was like, I Dude. This, I hate this guy so much. And, and I was like, finally, they're doing something interesting. And then they brought him back. Yeah. I was like, tear my hair out. I was like, Dude, Tiger's not going to kill his own character, bro. He literally said in an interview that like he purposely put Korg in there. So even if Marvel doesn't hire him to do directing anymore, he still has a role in Marvel. Yeah. Well, obviously, as a joke, but you know. Yeah, I feel like Korg. God. So Thor, Thor is, I feel, a self-insert character for Taika. Like this is the like he's writing Thor as if it's himself. Yeah. Um, which explains the ending where Thor gets a kid because Taika just kind of went through that. Not well, a couple of years ago now, but like, yeah. um, you know, fatherhood is still relatively new for him. Um, and then so we have we have to suffer through. <laughs> One version of Taika through Thor, and then Taika <laughs> in the movie too. Like, dude, I just feel like the ego to do with those things is is pretty insane. Dude, I mean, just just think about the circumstance where he's filming, bro. The guy's banging Rita Ora at the same time. <laughs> Absolute champion. Or like, yeah, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> also he was like making out with Tessa Thompson too. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> do you know what we're talking about yeah no i i i've heard some of the lore of taika's <laughs> exploits um, yeah 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 um but yeah i was kind of hoping uh, if they brought korg back in like immediately there was an opportunity where i was like oh maybe they're gonna like joke about all the other mcu project i thought they were gonna do baby korg and i was like no. I that, would, that would actually be really funny <laughs> so funny i would have actually appreciated baby korg like a tiny little rock that looks exactly like uh baby Groot. but then they did like a face mask and i was like what is this (laughs) weird i don't like it no i don't like it either i thought when ragnarok rolled around and i watched ragnarok i was like oh korg is kind of funny um and, like, I think the context you find him in is kind of funny in Ragnarok. Like, the thing about, like, the revolution, like, and that he's this meek revolution leader. But then it's, like, now he's just, like, a guy that's there, and he's not funny. Dude, I think that's actually it. Because, like, in Endgame, we find him as Thor's basement gaming buddy. And that's funny. Like, he needs to be in, like, a some, like, really peculiar context first. And oh, then see. we insert the character. Sure. I... I would argue that the issue here is mm-hmm. that it's just oversaturation of Korg. 
Yes, too much of him. Exactly. Facts. If you watch Ragnarok, he's not in the movie that much. Yeah. He's, like, he's in the pre-battle, and then after he uh, Thor gets his ass kicked by Hulk, Thor's with Hulk now, and he doesn't see Korg until quite a bit later. I can't. Yeah, where Korg picks up Loki. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think like literally like so much later, mm-hmm. almost at the yeah. third act. So like, God, yeah, I hate Korg. Um, I'm a certified Korg hater. Now. Um, and then he's like gets his body back at the end. So like, why did yeah. you even make him a mask? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, because it's like you have the classic thing where like end of second act, a character dies or like metaphorically dies, and that propels you into the third. I, and it's like I he doesn't even commit to it. Well, no, but it's like it's near that part, right? No, that was the midpoint. Is it? Because you think, yeah, yeah, because they just arrive at. Uh, Doesn't he like a, City? When split it up into four segments, you've got um, up until Gore Attack, and then Omnipotent City is the first half of second mm-hmm. act. Then they do Shadow Realm, and then they do the end. Oh, yeah. he, I th- okay. I okay. I thought that he got fucked up at the Shadow Realm place. Okay, no, no, you got no. killed by Zeus, never, bro. Never mind that. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> was that the four minutes that you were in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I, it actually was during the Shadow Realm part where I went to the bathroom. Okay, but, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude, but like this movie fake killed so many people. Like I thought Tessa Thompson is dead for sure. Did, yeah. Oh, man. Do you want to get into that now? Let's, okay, let's talk about let's it. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Literally, okay, literally every single character except main thor has a death or a death fake out yeah. and only one is still dead at the very end of the movie and it's so gore gore dies and stays dead again zeus zeus the zeus was funny dies and comes back. <laughs> Gore dies and comes back um valkyrie gets stabbed and it looks like maybe she could be dead does not die um sif is loses her arm and comes back uh who am i missing is it just yeah, it's Jane. Died for real. The kid, the kid dies and comes. Oh no! Yeah, brought back in the post-credits. Yeah, like, yeah. Death means nothing. There are yeah. no stakes in this movie. Why am I watching? Yeah. Oh man, it makes me so mad. <sighs> Honestly, though, the uh, the Zeus one is kind of weird, bro. He literally like. It, Lightning through his chest, man. Like, come on. The Omnipotent City stuff is, like, that's, I think, my biggest problem area of the movie in a movie that's terrible. Like, and I think that that's that's the worst chunk, I think. And we, as we, when we get there, I can get into why I think it's really bad. But Wait, do we get any big cameos during Omnipotent City? Because I feel like that would be a perfect spot for cameos. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. That's not a cameo. Yeah, he's, like, a main character. Um, It's, like, a, a full role. Um, yeah, but is no. he going to be anything like going forward, or was he just like checking well, out again? So, four so, yeah. five? I don't know <laughs> if we'll get there, but um, yeah, God. Uh, cameos? No, there's no like actor cameos, but I think there are a few like maybe like visual things where you might be like, oh, I know that character. I mean, we see like two Eternals like looking out. Looking at uh, Celestials, but... Oh, Celestials, right. Yeah, yeah, right, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't seen the movie. I don't know. I don't know about the lore. <laughs> um, no, it's it's literally just silly characters. There's oh, no, that's, that, uh, that's yeah, sad. No famous actors. Um, but yeah, let's... 
let's go back to where we were um and then we'll get to omnipotent city i think yeah. we i think we should just go through the movie so yeah. i think we covered the next one should be the battle for new asgard right no there's more uh let's start there's with cancer so cancer is oh like, yes yes um yeah. but not just any cancer vague cancer so we don't <laughs> yeah. know what kind of cancer it could be anything but um we're not gonna specify because we don't feel like it but it's stage four but you it's stage that. four yeah. but jane doesn't know what stage four cancer is because she's like it's only <laughs> stage four <laughs> are there? Oh my God. dumbest scientists yeah. in a movie maybe ever yeah. Although I will say there was one, I don't know if I liked the beat in the scene when we first see her, but I appreciated that there was some attempt to like show characterization without just like having a conversation about it. But like, like when she's like, like really trying to explain like wormholes to the guy, Mm -hmm. I was like, that was okay. Cause I liked that it shows like, she's very desperate to like, like, she's clinging on to this identity of the Sort of oh, like yeah. as she's dying like and so i like that there's a bit of characterization in that i actually didn't mind this scene either generally really Unless i just feel like it's really weird for darcy to show up like darcy just been absent for the longest time you know she was in wandavision and all of a sudden it's like i'm back sister <laughs> there's something what happens after that because i am saying this not remembering what happens directly after that conversation yeah she um, went back to her lab and had a conversation with Eric Selvig. Yeah. Gotta get the whole old oh, Thor yeah. team back together yeah. for a brief cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cancer's weird in this movie. And like I saw one like um article complaining about like how she just kind of falls into a trope. I guess she would be the one that's like, Oh, cancer, it's not that serious. And it's like literally stage four, and yeah. then she's just trying to be like funny about it, but she won't. Like, like, like my only problem with like this is like it's obvious that they're trying to use cancer as a gimmick, you know, like for for the character. Mm. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, they didn't really commit to it because if she's going through active chemo, she still has like you know a full head of hair. Yeah, that was goofy. I don't. Is that? I don't know if it's all types of cancer. Like I, I literally, I know nothing about. Yeah. It. Well, if you're going through chemo, like your your hair would just like. Fall it, out. Okay, yeah. then yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so weird. And then she kind of like gets like sidelined for most of the movie. You know what happens essentially? She's the same character she was in Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. It's mysterious illness with no kind of like, um, cure, and then that makes Thor motivated to do things yeah. it's literally like she's not a better character than she was in that movie i i disagree i feel like like at least the between the her relation with thor like that part i think it's much better handled I, I don't think so i i didn't feel i didn't feel any of it when we were doing i don't know why and this this i think this is just me being dumb but when they were showing like the flashbacks of her relationship with thor for a part of it, I was like, did this actually happen? Or is it just like... Well, like, these all extra scenes, I'm sure. Is this supposed to be like an embellished version of reality? Like, I straight up didn't <laughs> grasp at first that that was supposed to be what actually happened. Because I think in my head, I was like, when did that happen? Like, when did they do that yeah. within the Marvel timeline? I um, think it's between Thor 2 and uh, Age of yeah. Ultra. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Let's, let's talk about that scene. I kind of the first time the first time i i found it fun and like kind of 
There's good points in there. I'd say. I, I didn't hate that part. Yeah. That general it's part. It's just average. Like, it's just okay. You know. I'd say that. The, okay. The, there's two different things that. Like, I like that he's got this issue with Jane that. I mean, admittedly, was never mentioned in the first movies. Like, he didn't seem to really... Exactly. <laughs> a new thing for him. Yeah. I, I don't love that it's essentially Doctor Strange's thing, where Doctor Strange is, like, from the first movie, I would say, has had a problem with, like, his love life. Like, he he can't, like, get close to people, right? Like, he has that problem with um, Rachel McAdams, whatever her character's name is. And then in the second movie like he's still like sort of trying to like work through that and yeah. then thor just kind of like gets it like in this flashback moment yeah. but i mean like the gags were funny i liked thor in a hot dog costume and mjolnir pulling them oh the, the, the gag on the rollerblades was one of the funniest parts of the movie that was actually a funny gag it was, um, it was good yeah um yeah oh um but going forward when so Jane has her revelation that Mjolnir might help her. Yeah. Is, is that, that sequence like, was too that, random, man. That was so, and the, I thought it was really lame how they didn't show her transformation because they filmed it. They filmed I saw it. That. <laughs> they did film it. And like yeah. like there's no like we we know that that's what happened. So it's like it's not like when she grabs the hammer in the later scene. That's not a reveal. Like no. and it or because it, it's only a reveal for Thor, which is fine, but it's not a reveal for us. So why are you trying to shroud it in mystery before we get there? You know, literally I mean? showed it in the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They make it seem like they make it seem like Jane has been Thor for like a little bit, like the way Valentine yeah. talked about her. So that's kind of weird. The fact that like there's this weird time jump that like isn't accounted for. Mm -hmm. I'd be very like surprised at like the timeline of this movie. Like if someone wrote it out, because there seems to be like large blocks of time that are missing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't understand why she's like, like in the, again, going back to the source material, these are two completely different storylines that have been pushed together into one sh admittedly like short for like a blockbuster movie. It's only two hours or like just under. Yeah. It's just two hours. They try to combine Gore's, storyline which is what did i say like 10 10 issues it might be more i could be wrong like it could be much more and then they also try to combine the thor uh jane foster as thor thing and it it doesn't work um yeah so when she shows up in that in the comic book for the first time thor is unworthy which is an actually like really interesting thing that they have yeah. never done in this movie well or yeah. I guess whatever but yeah. um yeah I don't understand why when they bring Thor uh and Mjolnir back specifically why is Thor still worthy like ah oh, it's such a wasted opportunity and it makes yeah. me mad but um but yeah when when Jane first appears as Thor she's masked and we the readers don't know who she is either like there is that element of mystery and we don't find out to the last issue of um that first comic with uh, Jane as Thor, who it is, didn't yeah. need to happen here because we knew from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, how do you guys think, because I, I haven't thought about this till now, if they actually did put off Natalie Portman even being in the movie until that scene. Like, do you think there's a possibility they can make that work? I haven't thought of this thought about this at all. That's interesting. And then fill in the backstory then. Like, what yeah. happened? That would be cool, actually. Because, like, 
while I'm really happy the film did this, but like I was really confused when like Natalie Portman was able to pick up the hammer, or like even to see like sparks forming, you know, oh, around Mjolnir's yeah. you know broken thing. Like, why wasn't Thor able to do that? Uh, but like, but yeah. I'm glad they sort of explained it. It's like, oh, Mjolnir, please promise me protector, and then ma- it's strong enough. Apparently, it's magical. So it's like cool. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the only thing I see about that, you, so Peter, you're talking about the enchantment that allows yeah. Jane to pick up the hammer. Um, that's actually a, a magic loophole because we don't want to admit that Jane Foster could be worthy um, for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know why, but like literally, why couldn't she just be worthy of the hammer? Or that, yeah. That would be much more natural, I feel like. It just yeah. feels like a cop-out. Like They're like, oh, we don't want to make her... Which is so weird when they're trying to be like all about representation these days, and then they're like, "Yeah, yeah, but she's not technically worthy of the hammer." What? Yeah. Why do you care? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're going to go out of your way to make a magical loophole that doesn't really make sense, that it's like, like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. We, you know what? They should have started the movie with this recap instead of so do gore. Then do the Jane Thor love recap, because I don't care about the other bit. Then do Thor with the Guardians digging around. Honestly, it would have been fun if they were just in space. Like, I didn't need... Honestly, it would be better if this movie's a two-parter, honestly. Like, like four hours total or something. Maybe. Did Taika get to direct this hypothetical version? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't handle more than one of these movies. Um, God. And... They, I guess they kind of do do this in this movie. Um, the first, the Guardians battle, they're like investigating something that's gore related, but it's so unclear because it's like a throwaway line. And if you if you don't hear it right, like you miss it. Yeah. But they say that um, the gods have left the temple or whatever. And so that's why the chicken Muppets have taken it over because yeah. the gods are missing. And then they're kind of like, wait a minute. There's lots of gods missing. Dude, again, like such a cool concept. You know, the, all the power vacuums left open. Yeah. And Marvel just decided to explore it. was like, space chickens. Yes. That was <laughs> one of my other big problems with the movie is how unexplored the concept of gods is in this movie, despite how big of a deal it is in this movie. Yeah. Dude, Alex, Alex, do you remember... Um, at the end of Moon Knight, we're all like, yo, Gore's gonna show up and kill the Pantheon. <laughs> it was my Mephisto moment. I was like, oh, yo, Gore's gonna kill Conchu or something. No, no, it was it was Conchu is in the statue. Spoilers for... Uh, oh, so he's saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you said. Yeah, right. Yeah, whatever. Uh, not surprising that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I, I hate so much that the God butchering is relegated to um the distressed call when it's like yeah. swiping through images like he's on like god uh, yes. dead god tinder yeah and that's that's all we get yeah we saw one god die rapu freaking rapu and we hated rapu <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did she kill any other ones that we see like there's a big there's a big guy that we don't know yeah like I don't care. Dude, I don't when care. I when I saw that scene in the trailer, I was like, "Yo, that's gonna be sick! Like, it's gonna be like a Thor going on an adventure." You know, it's like yeah. going to different worlds, seeing the destructions left behind Gore's wake, and then trying to hunt him down. It's almost like you know, playing detective. 
Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> they're dead now. <laughs> Figure it out. Detective Thor would have been something interesting. I would have liked that. Yeah. Him trying. <laughs> but yeah. Dude. Like, uh, Dude, we got to talk about the new Asgard battle scene. That wait, scene. Wait, 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 wait. Just really quick, though. Should we talk about goats, though, really quick? Yeah, sure. More goats. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, fuck the goats. Not funny at all. When they came yeah, get around, it. Like, no. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't make it to like the very end. They were yeah. gone by um by the time I guess what is that? Split between Act Two and Three. So. Yeah, I think as soon as they landed on the Shadow Realm, that's the last time we saw the goats. Oh, okay, yeah. No, they make they make it home. They're safe. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Unfortunately, they're so still they tap home. out after Act Two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, along with most everyone else, but we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. Um, yeah, those goats. I hated. I hated the goats. Yeah. Fuck them goats, yeah. man. All my homies hate the goats. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the goats. Um, while we're while we're kind of like in this zone in the the timeline here. Peter, you did bring this up briefly. Thor gets his best costume in the entire MCU for about two scenes before changing into the biggest eyesore in the MCU. The, the Dude, blue, just like... Blue <laughs> I, dude, I don't know how they fucked it up that badly, bro. I don't even remember it. The it's gl- really cool. It's like a black leather with some fur on the top. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was sick. Yeah, 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 I remember that, yeah. It's a toy thing. It's a toy thing. They wanted to make more toys, so he's got to have costume changes. Same thing happened in uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. He's randomly changing his costume, like, multiple times throughout the movie for really weak reasons. Like, why? Why do we need to do this? I liked movies back when they had one costume. Or, like, one costume change. Yeah. Like, or when there was a costume change, it's like, oh, it's like actually a big deal. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And it was, ugh, it was such a nice costume. And then they get rid of it. Um, and kind of around this time, we also meet up with Lady Sif, who is in this movie for some reason. Yeah. I didn't know. I totally thought she got killed off by Hela. Because, like, all the other gangs, like, there did. There was a, a conflict, a scheduling conflict, so... Oh, so was, she was saved by that? Yeah, she was saved by... what show? She was in a show, and I think... I'm sure it was the show that she was in. Uh, where she has a bunch of tattoos. I don't know what that is, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's the only reason she didn't die there, and now uh, she's just missing an arm. Yeah. No, I think it would have been a lot more interesting if they just had a period where Thor is investigating these, like he's following the trail of destruction a little bit and then like maybe we see a little bit too that would be nice to see some of this destruction to see some, i would like to, to see some to god see butchering. some of the god butchering and then yeah like sif doesn't even need to be it like what if he just finds out another way that he's going to attack new asgard or whatever yeah or he's coming the door. like yeah. i don't know figure something else out like it's just yeah because i felt like i re- <clears throat> remember Calling back to um, Infinity War, um, Thanos technically destroyed Nova, right? And like a lot of people wanted to see like the actual destruction of Nova. But I'm actually fine with that because there are enough moments in the movie where Thanos is being a badass and using his powers. But in this movie, Gore, like we don't really see Gore being a badass. Like we just see no. Gore yes, being no. creepy. 
Yeah. That's one of my big problems. Are we mm-hmm. are we at the point where we're going into the new Asgard fight scene? Let's do it. We're so close, guys. Um, one more thing. The play scene. Just, just I want to get through all these things. Dude, Chris Pine! I did not know. Chris Pine was not in the play, right? Chris Pine was like the director or something. Chris Pine? What are you talking about? Chris Pine? I kid you not, Chris Pine was in this movie. No, it's not. It's Liam Hemsworth. Oh, really? Yeah. It just looks like Chris Pine? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're talking about after... After the attack, when they're out of costume, right? It's not. Hold it's up. Actors. It's Matt Damon and Liam Hemsworth. Matt Damon's Loki. Liam Hemsworth is Thor because it's the joke. They're brothers. Thor Hemsworth. Oh my god! Is that actually not Chris Pine? I thought I was so excited in the theater. Yeah, yeah. and the stage the stage manager is um, Melissa McCarthy's husband because Melissa McCarthy is hella. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah i didn't like when i saw that scene i was like okay whatever like i don't, I don't know like fine I, that that was a scene where i was legitimately like i other people will think this is funny this is fine i, I agree, too, I agree i'm not yeah. too upset about this whatever yeah. it wasn't it didn't linger too long for me i was like i don't like this but i don't really care i'm fine with it being here i think um it was really funny in Ragnarok, and it was yeah. not funny here. Um, yeah. You know, just one of those things where it's like, you know, you're doing the joke for the second time, and it's like, yeah. And it's like, it's way. it's elevated here, though, because there's more cameos this time. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, also, someone, I read this somewhere, someone pointed out, like, the play, so you're telling me the play is just Odin dying and the hammer breaking. And then you're just gonna like end on that cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, I love how the like the audience all collapses. Like someone started crying. It's like, bro, seriously? Oh, yeah. And on that same point, the fact that they have, I read like they have like infinity cones in New Asgard. It's like that, like that's, that's like a genocidal event in this universe. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's really they wouldn't have that. I don't think. <laughs> We don't have Hitler-themed ice cream. Right, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's another just weird choice that just, it's, you know, it's funny if you're like the creator and you're like, oh, this is silly. But like when you look at it from like the perspective of like the Marvel Universe, it's like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, Okay, it's a moment you've all been waiting for. Who wants to to talk first about Gore's attack on New Asgard? I just want to say that's my... Like, least favorite, but also favorite fight scene in the movie. Least favorite? Because uh, you actually brought it up. Yeah. Thank you for telling me this, Alex. So they were using the volume thing, like the oh, whole virtual yeah, stage yeah. thing, and it was so fucking obvious, man. Like, yeah. the depth perception is just completely yes. out of whack. Dude, I was thinking about that literally today. I was like, yeah, some one of the problems with the visuals in this movie, it reminded me of the Obi-Wan show where it felt so <laughs> claustrophobic and it felt like there was like they were just in a tiny room. I didn't know they used the volume. Okay, exactly that explains exactly. that explains a lot of this. Okay, that explains that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the issue is they uh, I, I I don't remember who I was telling this to, but when they first used the volume in Mando yeah. and yeah the Batman, they're using a DP who I think was like involved in the creation or like at least he knew what he was doing. Like Greg Frazier was working with it. Uh And 
the trick is you have to light the characters the same way the background is lit. Yeah. Otherwise, you can tell that they were not filmed at the same time. Like, the, you know, there's a person and then there's a green screen or whatever, the, the real computer screen. Yeah. And uh, clearly, they just did not figure out the lighting for this. It just looks bad. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Gore's attack in general. Bad. Yeah, so I have a lot of problems with this scene. I think oh. this scene is terrible. I think it's really, I agree, really bad. but I, I can't pinpoint exactly why. Can you... Like, so one of the big problems for me is that we were talking about how there are no stakes in this movie. One mm. of the problems with that, we don't see Gore do any god butchering. And then when he comes, and, mm-hmm. when he comes and fights at New Asgard, he like doesn't really win. And it's like, yes, he takes yeah. the kids at the end, but he doesn't like kick Thor's ass. He doesn't mm. really give them a run for their money in the fight itself. And so when the kids are kidnapped, this is like one of my biggest script problems in the movie. When the kids are kidnapped, there is no reason why they can't just go and get the kids right That's away. That's true. Why they can't just yeah. go right after them. They have to invent a dumbass reason in the script. And you know how I know that there's no reason that they don't, that they need this whole gang to go attack Gore? Because twice more in the movie, they go and attack Gore without recruiting anyone. Like, they do it two more times after that point. And so the scene doesn't, like, Gore is not established as a threat whatsoever. Yeah, Gore doesn't feel dangerous at all. Yeah. And I think it it also matters that it's, like, it's these dark characters at night in the volume. And it's, like, visually, yeah. But, yeah, and I was going to say, like, sorry for rambling more, but I was going to say I wouldn't have even had the kids kidnapped. Because another problem is, why do we think Gore would kill these kids? His main motivation is that his daughter died. Why would he just kill a bunch of children? Like, I, like there was no, like, threat to that. And so, like, I, what I think should have happened in this scene is Gore, like, kicks their ass and, like, practically destroys New Asgard. And they have to flee. And then they, like, run to the god city or whatever. Like, because they think they might get help there. Yeah. Yeah, I, good I, point. I the reason he kidnaps the kids twofold one it's a kids movie so we gotta have kids yeah. and two he doesn't pose a threat in any other capacity yeah he's not threatening because he doesn't kill any gods so yeah. it's like why should i care about this character and so then they're like well we can't kill any gods because i don't know we might use them in the future like can't kill off the vo- valuable ip yeah. i don't know but it's or maybe it's the fact that they're trying to cater a PG-13 movie to children, which doesn't make any sense, so they don't want to show it. Yeah. I don't know. But it, yeah, I agree that the whole attack... <laughs> like, the attack starts, and it's super... Like, it's a it's a weird start to the battle. Like, I think we get the idea an attack is about to happen, and then the, by the time we're... Super back, gets there? Maybe something happens between, and then we come back, and the attack is already underway. Yeah, I'm missing something and then it just kind of like happens and there's I agree there's no stakes and it's filmed weird and monsters are like kind of like hard to define is that even comic book accurate the shadow creature thing unfortunately they kind of are Um, it did make a slight change in that the necrosword is actually made of like venom like the spider-man character and of course, they're never going to do that based on right. like the weird Sony thing. Yeah. Um, and I would say, uh, 
they kind of already did the Necrosword with Hela's thing. Mm -hmm. um, with the, oh, but yeah. the, I, having read the, the comic now, I do acknowledge that he does create like monsters a lot. So that's, um, so yeah, it's, it's on brand for Gore to have like created these kind of like shadow creatures, but they did kind of have to change like, well, it's not goo this time. It's shadows, yeah. um, which looks terrible. Um, and then uh, Jane shows up mid-battle with her fancy hammer that can blow apart into like... Okay, honestly though, I just have to say, despite all this like hate for that scene, this movie has some of the best Thor battle scenes. I genuinely enjoyed almost every single battle scenes that they have. Like the tech that they use and the, some of the shots that they did was Jane and her hammer fabulous bro like the 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 one shot i think a lot of people were talking about it it was like the you see like how the hammer and then she launches the the shrapnels and then you see like each shrapnel like launches through the horde that scene beautiful absolutely beautiful i i, I really i, I really like I'm some of the things that they did i'm not with you there i think that like the best thor action is in probably like the russo movies Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing beats the Battle um, for Wakanda, I guess. I, yeah, that yeah. one was really fantastic. No, I hated the action in this movie, to be honest <laughs> with you. Like, I don't think... I couldn't, like, describe to you, like, any of the action parts of the action scene. I could just tell you, like, generally what happens in relation to the movie. And I think that's a bad sign. Okay, I'm going to give a hot take here, but I think... <clears throat> Among other things, I think one of Taika's big weaknesses as a director. Ignore that. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, one of his big weaknesses as a director is um, he cannot film fight scenes yes. for the life of him. If you go back and watch Ragnarok, the fight scenes are terrible. They're yeah. so bad. One that comes to mind as possibly one of the worst things I've ever seen is when Hela takes over Asgard. It's literally like a CGI um, Kate Blanchett just like flipping and like using swords and like running around and it's it looks so bad. There's no style to Dude, it. Dude, that gets me. Cause like the I really because they did sort of a similar thing when they were fighting uh, Zeus on Omnipotent City. It was just like shit exploding, Jane splitting her hammer, and a bunch of explosion, people flipping around. I really like that for some reason. Dude, my, my brain straight up like turned off i like i when that started happening on omnipotent city i was like okay this is gonna be happening for a couple minutes i'm just gonna stop paying attention i'll start paying attention when like the plot is going again and, I, 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 <laughs> and it never just starts going again <laughs> i think it's like maybe it's like a lack of just like realism or like or stakes even you know fair, like, fair, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there's, like, these scary guards. But they're not scary guards. They're paper. They're made of paper, and you can yeah. kill them, and then they'll blow up in gold dust. And, like, it's immediate. And if, yeah. if any of these, like, monsters or guards, like, put up an actual, like, fight. like I agree. Yeah. yeah. Care, but most of the fight scenes that uh, Taika does are just, like, endless amounts of enemies that, you know, you hit them and they're dead. Like, yeah, I don't know. same thing at the end of Ragnarok, yeah. Um, while we're on this fight scene, uh, one of the most important new characters is introduced. Um, Jane's helmet, which looks 
Which is, I think, possibly the worst part of his movie. Oh, and Thor's helmet. <laughs> you mean both Thor's get, helmet? Both get helmets. They're both bad. They're both, like, like the volume isn't great. It gives it a weird quality. But while watching the movie, the only thing that I was like, oh, that's really bad, are the helmets. And I saw it in the trailers, and I knew I was going to hate them, and I still do. Yeah. They were clearly, like, a last-minute addition, and they're so bad i i cannot get over how awful they look yeah it's not good it's, it's bad stuff oh i had and, one more I, I was just gonna say um is there a universe actually you should go first what were you gonna say just like so jane puts on the helmet for no reason there's no reason she needs to put on the helmet she's trying to hide it from thor okay but then why doesn't she hide it from thor yeah. because she takes it off two seconds later that would have been an actually interesting dynamic if thor didn't know who jane was or who, who the new thor was and he was like yeah. who is this person and then he discovers it's jane and he's maybe he's got like a crush on her and then he's like oh my god it's jane that's interesting and they yeah. do that in the comic and they don't do it here yeah. um and then for like no reason thor puts on a helmet after he sees jane wearing the helmet that's the worst helmet i've ever yeah. seen man he looks like um like Hawkman. Dude, like, like what's up with these? <laughs> yeah. Like a beak. He's got a beak for some reason. I don't yeah. or like like on his nose, it's like sharp. Oh, it's so weird. And then later in on in on omnipotent city, that's hard to say. They're talking, they're having a discussion. And then in the middle of the discussion, Jane puts the helmet on, like it forms around her, and there's no there's no reason why she needs to do that. <laughs> I have I have zero clue because like almost immediately after when they put on the disguises the helmet's gone again. Yeah, they're just like I need someone to explain it to me why, why they did it because it looks so bad. Yeah. Oh man, I hate it so much. Okay, um, I was um, just gonna say yeah. Is there a version of this film where Gore cannot do the shadow monsters at all and he just pulls up by himself and like fucks it up anyway? And like beats like beats them. That'd be lovely. Doesn't that? Yeah, if you don't show God killing, at least show that. Because then, like, like that establishes like he by himself is very threatening instead of these Mm -hmm. like CGI shadows. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Agree. That's the thing. He's not threatening. He's Christian Bale. In we know that Christian Bale can get pretty buff and scary, but they chose not to go that route. Um, and he's going up against Thor, who is the buffest he's ever been for a Thor movie. Like. There's no chance. Thing is, I actually thought that I thought the character design was fine. I actually liked the way Gore looked, but I was like, because you can say that he just because of the sword or whatever is strong and can fight. You know what I mean? But just show him doing that. Yeah, and show him doing it well. Yeah. I I don't know if I loved uh, Gore's sundress or like. (laughs) Yeah. The. Alex okay. sent me an early concept piece that they did for Gore. Much, much better. Well, it just looks more like he's supposed to look in the comics. It's yeah. one thing is he does. He's kind of like in like loincloth territory in the comics, or like m- maybe more like speedo, like um, like made of the venom goo or whatever. So yeah. I can see how like like at, at Christian Bale's age, like he might not feel want to do that also like he said like he did this movie for his children so that's kind of like a weird thing <laughs> he's the he's a speedo um, I don't know he's supposed to be kind of like a mix between Voldemort and 
those Twi'leks from Star Wars. So he's got like the tails, the oh, head yeah. tails, and no nose. Looks so much more threatening. Oh, and like pointy teeth. So much more threatening in the comics. And then he just looks like a dude. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. With pretty black teeth. Pale. Yeah. yeah. He needs to get more sun. Um, okay, so then battle wraps up. Um, things happen. And yeah. And then there's that town hall meeting. Um, oh, yeah. And Thor's, Thor's jealous. And... Honestly, though, I, I would say just just one thing quickly. Um, one one joke that did work for me is the rivalry between um, Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. That was that was fun. You know, it yeah. was subtle. It was you know good, tasteful, and, uh, and I actually fun. liked the way they shot some of that too, where it would be like a single of Thor, and then you just see the thing. Yes, yeah, slowly. I was funny. <laughs> yeah. I liked the way they shot it too. That's the thing. The first time they do the joke didn't land for me when he's when he's in the town hall and he's trying to like force Mjolnir like with the force hand yeah and then Stormbreaker comes because it's it's just the the shot they used didn't work but the yeah. second time was hilarious and probably the best joke in the whole movie yeah. when it's that like what, what you said the single um kind of like medium close-up of Thor mm-hmm. and I think it's I think it's the fact that he comes from out of the frame instead yeah. of like like out of like the middle of a bunch of people it's out yeah. of the from the side of the frame and it creeps in so slowly it's perfect that is yeah. that is like that's film comedy yeah that's the difference between like like what lands and what doesn't for the most part mm-hmm. in these movies is when they're trying to like say funny words like it doesn't work yeah. but when something like something that's like um what would you call it like like based around the comedy of like situational comedy i guess or like sure. something that's like from how they filmed it yeah, I don't know. One of the best jokes for me in Thor Ragnarok is they're like, "Okay, Loki, where did you put Odin?" And then it's a hard cut to the Shady Acres home that's been demolished. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Film language for comedy. Yeah, because that's like a, that's a classic part of film comedy language. Like I, I always think of in Indiana Jones: Last Crusade. There's like a part where it's like a slow push in on Indiana Jones and he's talking about his like colleague and he's like, you'll never find him. He speaks five languages. He's been across the globe. And it's and then it's a hard cut to the guy just in the middle of a crowd of having no idea where he is. And it's so funny. <laughs> like it's just, that's an essential part of like film comedy language that this movie just generally lacked for all the mm-hmm. jokes it tried. I mean, that's what happens when you don't have uh, rewrites on your script and it's literally just like well we're gonna have to improvise it so that it's purely dialogue that's the funny bits um but yeah the hammers that was really funny i I think um let's talk about the hammers actually like it's it's kind of like the whenever i try to think about it it gives me a headache it's like so he's jealous of mjolnir and then Stormbreaker is Stormbreaker's jealous of him. So there's kind of like a weird like love square between the Hammers and Jane <laughs> and Thor, which is weird. And then I think all that is perfectly fine until the very end when what Thor, what hammer does Thor get? Yeah, like why does he have Mjolnir back again? Why does he have Mjolnir back <laughs> Like it doesn't make any sense. It makes me so mad. Dude, it's just like a small kid holding a big battle axe and <laughs> holding a tiny ass hammer. <laughs> hammer is clearly one she's more interested in because she's drawn on it. 
why doesn't she get the Mjolnir? I think the movie is trying to be about learning to let go, right? So you have right. you have love, and sometimes it doesn't work out, or sometimes death happens, and you have to let go and not go into hate. Yeah. So then that kind of like makes sense with Jane, and it makes sense with Gore's story. But then if you add the hammers into it, then suddenly we're like, oh, fuck that noise. We're going to give Thor his hammer back by the end of this thing. Yeah. What are you doing? Why are you doing this, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I already touched on this a little bit. Like, one of my biggest problems is that this movie, like, it presents no reason, no good reason why Thor and co. cannot just go get the kids immediately and why they mm -hmm. can't just go and do it. And it's like, they just, they have like a scene of dialogue where it's just like, no, we can't do that. He'll be too powerful, but we didn't see him be powerful. And so it's like, yeah, I guess I'll take your word for it. And so then they have to go to the God city and it's just like, okay, like it's a side quest that they have to just <laughs> randomly do. In the movie. It is a side quest. Or, um, yeah. I think I saw someone say like on Twitter, it was like movies where they don't have a second act they just go to a different location and i can't remember which movies yeah. they talked about but it feels like that's what this was yeah there's no like like the second act is like you know training to beat the bad guy like trying things and failing yeah and there's just like none of that like so yeah let's talk about omnipotent city terrible my i think my least favorite part of the entire movie it looks so bad it looks like one. shit we're also in two different locations the entire, like, we're on this walkway. It's this, oh, like, yeah. Omnipotent City is this very new concept in the MCU. The concept of gods, we're exploring, we're trying to explore that a little bit more. We have this new city, this fascinating new world. We just get a boring conversation on a walkway, and then we're in this coliseum. For, and that those are the only two places we're in, like, explore the place a little bit like let's meet a few different people and and go around a bit and it's like also one of the biggest parts like why it's the perfect setup for gore to attack them there right Whoa, like, yeah. why would they not do that <laughs> like it's like it's so great because it feels so disjointed that would make it feel so much less disjointed if he just attacked them there like, so, like, in my version of it, where the kids aren't kidnapped and they just flee to the city, Gorgeous follows them there. Boom. Like, you know what I'm... That's, I think, I think the fact that Gore doesn't attack Omnipotent City is probably the most confounding part of this entire movie. Yeah. Like, like, there's all those other things that I've said, like, I hate, but I think that is the single most baffling decision. Yeah. It's, it's so perfectly set up, and then they don't use it dude i remember when the first trailer dropped and we saw zeus and then all like the big content creators on youtube were just like yeah he's probably gonna die you know gore is gonna kill him you know to show how powerful gore is no <laughs> nothing we thought gore was gonna kill him but it ended up being thor after korg was killed by zeus and i feel like uh like Thor has killed almost as many gods as Gore has. Like that's kind of like the threat level we're establishing. Yeah. Like, they're not much different. Um, yeah, I hated Omnipotent City. And then uh, Zeus. Let's talk about Zeus. Um, that Matt, was okay, wait, wait, wait. Just one more point about Thor. I just thought about it. This is Thor's first appearance after Endgame. Mm -hmm. 
right? And like Endgame's supposed to be like this defining moment for Thor. Because like he's finally defeated this demon that's, you know, been haunting him for so long because he failed to stop Thanos the first time. But let's and- be clear that that wasn't enough. He started, remember Endgame, he does what he thinks he needs to get better. He does that. Exactly. And it doesn't work. That's not what makes him feel better because he becomes um, the dude from the Big Lebowski. (laughs) Exactly. He he stumbles into like depression because that's not what he needed, right? Yeah. Like, uh, all I'm saying is, like, after such a brilliant character arc and then, like, like, supposedly, like, Thor finally reconciling with like you know like his past demons and now we get this <laughs> is it is it hilarious like how how the discrepancy between the movies how big they are <laughs> yeah i get how he's like redefining himself after kind of like depression and i think there were other reasons but i couldn't name what they were um i mean he's lost a lot of people but yeah yeah i guess okay maybe he's getting over that and so he needs a new identity. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I guess in Endgame he passed kingship onto Valkyrie. Mm. Um, I thought we see much of that either. Um, Valkyrie's like just some woman in Asgard, in Camp Asgard. Like she doesn't seem like she's king. She doesn't do anything kingly. I yeah, I agree. I did like though that she wasn't like in like an ornate costume necessarily. Like I like that it was kind yeah. of her version, and she was just kind of like. She had like community meetings. It didn't feel like it was in like a palace or something. I actually liked that detail that it felt like it was a smaller community that she was and she was a part of it rather than being 100%. Like an elite. Okay. I, I thought that was a good choice. Yeah. It's like Asgard but adapted to fit Earth. Okay. Setting. I I yeah. agree and I think that I think that's a good point that we're learning from the mistakes of old Asgard and yeah. like you know it was a it was a what would you call that? Like a monarchy, right? And yeah. Odin was probably not the best ruler, uh, which they kind of like touch on that in Ragnarok, how he was like, oh, what's the word? Like imperialist. A war right? criminal, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> war criminal. Uh, but again, I just, I feel like if she was the leader of New Asgard, she should have been more of a leader. You know, yeah. there was that Old Spice commercial thing she does. And yeah, she- that was that was kind of funny what actually. I like that. that. I didn't get what the point of that. Why would she be doing that? I, I was know. like, I was like, what the fuck? Her kingly duties aren't kingly, and like, even if like, even if she's not like the ornate king, I still think we should have better established that she is the leader of the community because sure. it never feels that way. You know, yeah. we're just like, oh, I'm the leader still, even though he's not. Yeah. Is the whole point. Um, yeah. Um, actually, speaking of that community center, uh, that's the first time we meet, not the first time, but the first time we actually like recognize this character, um, Axel. Um, oh, Heimdall's kid? Yeah. Her daughter. I don't remember. That's the thing. So we can, we'll cover the that bit later, but like, I think they're either maybe non-binary or trans but they don't really want to like confirm it so they all they say is thor goes hey look it's astrid a character that i know that you've never heard of he's like i know this kid and then (laughs) axel goes it's not astrid anymore it's axel oh right yeah yeah. Worstrit's dead naming him and is like no astrid's a pretty good name yeah and then we're like no thor getting in the 21st century we're cool we're hip now um don't be a 
a bigot. And then we're like, okay. Um, yeah. And he, and he first appears as like a ghost head. That was yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. That looks, um, that was another time when the CGI was not great. Oh yeah. 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 I completely forgot about that beat to be honest. Like I just, yeah, no. Yeah. I think like, I don't know. I felt like the movie, cause I feel like in press they were like, Oh, we have like queer representation in this movie. And then I you felt like it, we can Did talk about it. Movie? Movie. Like, yeah. I mean, I'll preface this by saying like, I'm, I as a straight cis guy, not the best guy, not the best judge, but I'll just like say briefly, like, I just feel like they won't commit to anything and they won't just like say like, they won't like show characters being gay. Like they can like talk about it a little bit or they can have like a scene where they're like, yeah, I had an orgy one time. <laughs> but, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they, they shy away from it a lot. Um, they don't have to, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it's, com you're completely like right on this. Like, it's it's Disney's version of representation where they yeah. make references to it that if you are a small child and you know don't know these things you're like well I don't know what's happening yeah um, and it's some people have been describing it as like the most the easily cuttable scenes for you know Saudi Arabia um, yeah. does China still allow it I don't I know. don't I know that China has made movies cut things but I don't know. The gay things? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, what you, were ref what you were referring to was um, there was a screening, I think, and someone asked, um, someone from the audience asked Jane, um, Natalie Portman. Natalie, thank you. Um, yeah. Natalie Portman, how gay the movie is, which is already like, how, how many ways can you answer that question? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I've been told that Ragnarok is kind of like, for whatever reason, um, a movie that queer people like. I don't know why. Um, like, what part of that feels queer to them? Leaves me, but um, so I can see why they would want this one to continue being that for them. Yeah. And then, so Natalie Portman, you know, facing this uh, challenging question, goes. I think she says, "Oh, so gay." <laughs> 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 unconvincing voice and then um taika takes over you know kind of like the showman he is and he goes oh it's super gay in his like oh, yeah, you know yeah. accent but it's it's not it's no, you know yeah. it's more gay than any marvel movie has been probably. yeah like i remember was it endgame where or i think you have star wars where they're like we showed the first on-screen gay kiss or whatever in the mcu and it was like what years. What are you like? And like, I literally like you blink and you miss it. Like it was nothing. The yeah. kiss was Star Wars, um, the the ninth one. There's like oh a, yeah, a yeah. Kiss in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've had we've had Disney's first openly gay character for like five years or there's so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> a team up a team up movie where they can all be first and openly gay. Yeah. Um, God, but yeah, um, I mean, I guess this tops, you know, what is it? Joe Russo showing up as the gay man at the beginning. Oh, is that what I'm thinking of for Endgame? That's Endgame. Okay. He, he just mentions he has a husband and that's it. Oh, okay. I was like, okay, that was enough. 
And then they did uh, America Chavez's Moms. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, they did that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty weak. Yeah. Not great. Um, but yeah. And then Axel just, okay, I think I have to talk about it here. This movie is trying so hard to be Ragnarok 2 yeah. that it does not find its own identity. The movies are so, so similar. And that's why Axel being in this movie is kind of like the cherry on top. Like it literally does not matter. Like this character in this children's side plot is so random. Just to be the like Heimdall. But it's, it, it completely mirrors what Heimdall is doing in Ragnarok. Right? Heimdall right, yeah. Totally. Only reason Thor knows about what the villain is doing because yeah. he's still on Asgard protecting the and Thor is off on Sakaar. Here it's Thor's in omnipotent city, he has no idea what's going on with Gore. Axel serves the exact same function. And the Hela and Gore are so similar, they don't do anything, they're reactive villains instead of being yeah. proactive. You get the play scene, you've got um the best part of the movie, Zeus. <laughs> I say that with a heavy dose of sarcasm. Um, Zeus is the same as Grandmaster. Mm. It's Ragnarok too. But, like, they were oh my god, movie. you're absolutely right. But I like Grandmaster. I think I just like Jeff Goldblum a lot. Jeff Goldblum is so funny though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's um, talk yeah, about Zeus. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Like, there. This is a prime example of this movie like shooting itself in the foot with comedy to me. Where it's like, Zeus has to feel, like, threatening. Like, he has to feel like a god. You know what I mean? Like, he can't just be, like, this, like, guy who's, like, kind of just, like, Russell Crowe after a couple shots. Just pulling out. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's trying to be, I think he's supposed to be, like, the example for why Gore is right. But we never really yeah. want to wreck it with it even slightest possibility that gore could be right so yeah although he's the example and if you think about it you're like yeah maybe gore is right they never actually contend with that issue yes i agree that's you one know, of my big problems with this movie too i think yeah i think they should have had more gods that prove that gore could be right and maybe even some gods that where gore was in the wrong i think would have been fine or like yeah. actually like yeah. um but yeah, Zeus is just so friggin' weird in his accent. The, oh, yeah. the Greek. Dude, <laughs> Dude, my favorite lie of this entire movie. I remove your disguise. <laughs> oh my god. Was... It's, I think it's... what could have been interesting, and I wrote down, like, what if, like, Gore saw Thor kill Zeus, too? Like, I don't know, and that adds, like, an interesting fold into the dynamic as well, that it's, like, Thor is also totally. kind of fed up. And I don't know where you go from there, necessarily, but, it, like, it's something, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. That's good. And instead we get a fleek, a fleek, I remove your disguise. <laughs> and just, like, is twirling with the, the, the Thunderbolt thing. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the Thunderbolt while we're at it. Um, this whole movie actually is just MacGuffin City, mm -hmm. like yeah. Thunderbolts, um, Stormbreaker, Storm yeah. and Eternity. It's like, come on! Like the Book of Vishanti was a lot in Doctor Strange, but now you've got three. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 
your wait, is the eternity thing comic book accurate by the way like is there actually like some being in the universe that you, you can make a wish to and then he'll grant oh, no no it's not a genie it's um eternity is a character but i i think it's one of those like um like staples of the universe kind of things like mm-hmm. it's like the um the living tribunal kind of thing where they're more like an observer almost like uatu but i've as far as i know there's no like history of them being a genie that solves your problems yeah. it's also like sorry if that exists like why doesn't thanos or the exactly Avengers right like i hate how he retcons previous movies yeah it's absolutely ridiculous and it's i think i think there's just a general like screenwriting thing if your movie has a thing that can you know solve all your problems you need a rewrite so yeah. book of vigilante the book like literally they describe it as like the book that has all the answers <laughs> and, yeah. and eternity the book that will or the, the thing that'll grant a wish yeah it's yeah. it's lazy yeah and my, i think my biggest problem with the turn with uh, omnipotent city like factors into my biggest problem with the movie and we've touched on this that it wastes so much time so yeah. little is accomplished in this chunk of the movie but it's so much of the movie. Like what coming out of this, like what what is like somewhat essential that happens? Korg gets turned into a head and they get the lightning bolt and Thor needs the lightning bolt later to teleport to the thing. And like I, well, well, I think I, like part I, of it is like what else? What else part does of it, accomplish? Yeah. Part of it is just like so I think it makes sense, like what they're trying to do here, but like how they got there is just completely wrong. Cause like Korg is killed off because Korg doesn't really have like sort of Uncom- an unconventional weapon like Thor and uh, Mighty Thor. Like he doesn't have the hammers. He just used like conventional, you know, like hammers, like no- regular hammers and like blasters. So and like same Valkyrie is sort of in that same boat. So we need to get some special weapon for Valkyrie. So Valkyrie gets a lightning bolt, which is like sure, but like how they got there is just completely a mess. Yeah. Thunderbolt is the most like inconsequential weapon in this movie. Like literally, anyone can use it. Like what? (laughs) It is. It's something for us to do instead of any of the actual movie things we could do. It's Mm -hmm. literally just like, well, we need something to drive the plot. Literally, what a MacGuffin is. So we'll go and find the thunderbolt. We'll try and use the thunderbolt and fail, and then it'll come back in the end. But it wasn't actually necessary to defeat Gorin in any way because all. Thor does is he gives actually this is confusing and I've never heard about anyone talking about this Thor gives the power of Thor to those kids yeah. using the thunderbolt yeah yeah and it's also like why oh he can do that like yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Oh, man yeah yeah why not just I sort of rolled with it when I was watching the it power of Thor like, I wrote with it when I was watching it, but then, like, you know, looking back, it's just like, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. You think, um, you know, giving the power of Thor would have been nice during, like, Infinity War? Yeah, or, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. The Avengers would have been, you know, a little bit better than <laughs> children. Yeah. <laughs> um, right before uh, they leave Omnipotent City, uh, we get our, uh, God, I don't know, I don't know how many times they use this, uh, Guns and Roses plays for the upteenth time. How much uh, was Guns N' Roses play paying Marvel for the their inclusion in this movie? 
I, I think it's the reverse, right? Malvern plays. I think Taiko Watiti just like really like because like you're saying, it's the same thing as Ragnarok. How in Ragnarok they have what is what's the song with something yeah. Thousand Army? Immigrant song, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The immigrant song. They do it's it like one time. Yeah. But yeah, no, and it, it's like th- this movie has just diluted Ragnarok. It's everything that was bad about Ragnarok worse. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um. I agree. Yeah, it, it is definitely like, okay, what's the Led Zeppelin of this? But they use, I think, five maybe Guns N' Roses songs. I also feel like they use one twice. Do they not oh, yeah. use Sweet I think they did. Words, I think you're right. Which is like so weird. It's such a weird choice. Yeah. Really didn't like that. Um, and then, yeah, the kid's named Axel too, for whatever reason. Um, and then we're Oh, I didn't even. I didn't even think about that until that, yeah. They literally, they do say, they, they may, I wouldn't have known that either, but they do say something like, well, it's named after this cool earth band. Oh, oh right, yeah. Yeah. That's something I phased out of my mind, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then we're, we're in space, and maybe, no, no, this is, I'm sure this is after the midpoint. This is our um, falling action, or, no, I don't know. What this is the first it? time they go into Shadow Realm, right? I think Save the Cat calls this um, the bad guys something. I don't know. So second half of second act. Yeah, yeah we're we're approaching the. Um, we're in Act Two B for sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, and they're on that boat, uh, and oh, uh, Thor, Thor. The Thors have their uh, kind of like. Well, it's been a while. Let's uh, let's chat out. You know the B story. You know, that's what this is. This is a B story moment where we're talking about love. We're ruminating about love. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but like, I felt like there was nothing. There's no nuance, no interesting points about love. I kind of like the idea of like feeling shit, like, oh, I want to feel shitty about you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of like, that's a cute line. Dude, it's kind of like, dude, that's like the whole Star-Lord gimmick, though. Like Star-Lord likes to use these. And now Thor uses them, too, you know? Oh, well, Star-Lord literally did tell him I want to feel shitty about you. So it is a direct yeah. from Star-Lord. True, true, true. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with that. I, yeah, I agree that, like, the whole, like, love is, like, a big theme. And, like, you're right about, like, letting go and about how, like, love is worth trying for, even though it, you know, you're putting yourself out there to, like, really be hurt and stuff. Um, and it, But I don't think it's it explores that in any interesting way. And it's, like, these are two characters that have gone through pretty remarkable experiences like i don't know i feel like you could do something interesting with it and it's just very standard i i agree that i didn't feel any chemistry i didn't i didn't like enjoy watching it i didn't care and then and yeah and here they kiss and i'm like why yeah why are you doing this it doesn't feel like something that would naturally happen because they don't look like they love each other at all yeah um yeah, and then uh, inside inside the boat, um, we have our two gay characters in there. Yeah, this is oh, okay. I'll talk about this now. It seems that Valkyrie likes Jane. Maybe. Yeah, I got that. Vibe. And that would have been so interesting. And of course, they can't do it because Disney and Saudi Arabia would have a fit if yeah. you know there was a a character expressing their queer interests, but. Yeah. Um, like, what if, you know, I, what if Jane came back and 
you know, decided that she was interested in Valkyrie. And it seems yeah. like that's where they're going. Yeah. yeah. And there's that scene where, like you said, the scene in the doorway that I think we skipped over, yeah. but it seems mm-hmm. like maybe like they're romantically involved. Because you and can literally... Sorry, that would be like an interesting thing for Thor, where he wants, he's still um, like obsessing over the past, and he has to move forward and acknowledge that you know what this person is with someone else, and the same thing with Mjolnir. So that like actually lines up. But no, he just gets back with his ex, and that's. And you can explore like a different kind of love with that, where like Thor still loves her, and Jane still has love for him, but it's in a different sense. It's different than what she has with Valkyrie. I really like that too. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Um, my only hope for that is they do a Valkyrie Disney Plus series and that they yeah. hopefully don't butcher that. Yeah. I don't know. And then, you know, maybe then she can... Because literally after Endgame at some point, they were like, Thor, Love, and Thunder, Valkyrie's thing is she's going to be looking for her queen. That was the tagline. Like they said that at Comic-Con, I think it was. Oh, yeah. And that never happened. <laughs> gave up on it immediately <sighs> and then uh yeah so they're on the boat and Korg sings a funny little song and <laughs> it was weird and then um they pull an homage that i would have never suspected they do the um georges millet man in the moon yeah where they hit the moon and i was kind of like oh <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> You know? yeah. Oh, that's what that was. That's yeah. that's, that's kind that's of neat, actually. Yeah, right? and and when they're on the moon too, there are a few shots that I felt kind of harkened back to like a sort of like an older era where like you just have like a soundstage and moving parts on it. Like there's one that's kind of like an extreme wide of them from the side, and they're kind of making progress to the right of the screen, and we can see the curve of the moon. And they're like kind of in black. Yeah. And I actually, I was like, okay. Yeah. And there's like, it was an interesting shot. Um, you know what, you know what that made me think of? Yeah. Um, Le, Le Petit Prince, the French book where they, there's that prince that's like on a moon that's really small. No, no one. I don't know. No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's like a semi-popular children's book. So like, I'm not the only one who knows what that is. But Sorry. Were you, um, anything else about like, the moon thing yeah no i i just thought like that there was some this was one area where i thought there was some interesting visual stuff going on um but i still generally didn't like the way it was filmed uh that being said i would say that more so this is another improvement from ragnarok is like a little little bit taika seems to have some idea of like what an artistic looking shot is yeah he has an artistic looking shot in Ragnarok, like Thor landing on the uh, the bridge. You know, it's all right. It's that never, was good. That was cool. It, but it's always just like standard coverage. Like yeah. it, it felt like, especially in Ragnarok, and I felt like for most of this too. And I think this one sequence, um, where they're on like the moon, death world, shadow realm, whatever. It's um, new. It's creative. Yeah, I felt like there was some where I was like, okay, they're not just like, okay, we have to get a two-shot. Like, when characters are talking, we have to get a two-shot. We get, like, OTS single, whatever, shot, shot, boom. Um, 
Yeah, dude. Now that I think of it, Thor has many shots where it's just like um, you you're viewing it from the side, and there's just like a bunch of enemy or like here and there, and then Thor crash lands on them. There's so many shots like that. I don't like how he jumps, just like how you're talking about that. Like the, mm-hmm. they have this superhero jump that they're using everywhere now, where they all do like this superhero jump, and they're like and falls right, like like they kind of like yeah. just kind of like the shot you're talking about. Well. Yeah, not so much in uh, this sequence, but I the, there was like a couple shots where when I was watching the first time, I was definitely like, oh, that's like an interesting shot. I think it was maybe when like Jane's like on the ground and like she's like, like her head is kind of like that, but her, her head is like only in one corner of the screen and the rest is, I don't know, something like that. I can't really recall it. I was like, oh, that's actually like, vaguely interesting and then the rest of the movie looks bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say that the shadow realm was like a really interesting sequence and like like some people would say like stunning like it's stunning visually i don't go that far <laughs> dude i just found so many uh, inconsistencies in the shadow realm because like sometimes you sort of see like everything's grayscale it's obvious but then sometimes you see color it's like what like are they bringing color into the shadow realm like the weapons, the weapons bring some color so that's just like a small it's a choice i don't, yeah. I don't care about yeah it. i, I didn't feel much i didn't feel anything about that in particular mm-hmm. um i will say that yeah the stunning i think is taking things a bit far mm-hmm. i think having grayscale in the mcu is a first and not a first one division did it first never mind um and did it better but do a lot um, better i have to say the shadow realm looks pretty well like controversial take but looks just as bad as the rest of the movie yeah agreed i I think it's a little bit better but i think it's not i i think it's not good yeah (laughs) and like the tent they're in is like this the weirdest i feel like there's a lot about this movie where i like i never really understand the maybe like design decision the design, but also like just like spatial having a, an awareness of the space. Like I never get that in the tent. Like, is it a circus tent? It looks like a circus tent yeah. sometimes, and then it's like, like I really don't get the layout. I, again, that's like shot choice. You know, there's not wides or whatever. But I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, I think that's also the volume. I don't know if they use the volume yeah, in this that sequence, but it's the same thing with probably. the Obi Wan show where it feels very claustrophobic yeah. and it feels like there's they're in a tiny room and it doesn't feel like an expansive world. Mm-hmm. That's de- I think you, you, you've nailed it. I think that's what it is. Because it feels claustrophobic and also I don't understand the space, yeah. which is so key. And yeah. Dude, um, fingers crossed. I want Endor to be good, man. The trailer looks sick. I just hope the show's good. On that point... Andor did not use the volume, so we're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I am really excited for that show. Um, yeah. And I think it got pushed back, actually, because of She-Hulk. So it's supposed to Yeah, out. it's in September now. Oh, yeah. In September. Looking forward for that. Yeah. Um, speaking of keys, um, it turns out the Bifrost is the key. That sucks, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Because we need, we need another MacGuffin. Yeah. I was like, hmm, not enough MacGuffins in this show. Let's throw in another one. Um, at least it was one that was like kind of tied to the character, like mm-hmm. you know, Bifrost slash Stormbreaker. Um, I love how Gore lays out his plans in like child's drawings. 
<laughs> it was so weird. Why is he like leaving these out? Like he's not even like putting them away. Yeah. Man. So why would he draw out his plans? Who the fuck is he communicating his plans to? <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just for us, for the yeah. audience and for the characters to learn, but like it makes no sense. Does he have like the mind of a child where he's like gotta brainstorm here? Let's doodle. <laughs> Um, Dude, he really did it for his kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was making God, pretty damn. pictures. Um, the other thing about this whole Bifrost thing is that it makes it it makes it accessing eternity exclusive to Asgardians. I know, right? <laughs> it's the only ones able to access eternity. Very, very strange. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, and, and it seems that like taking away. This is okay. <laughs> I hate this movie. Um, taking away Stormbreaker seems to be adding to this um, dynamic between Thor and his two hammers, where it's mm-hmm. like, which one will I choose? Right. So, taking away Stormbreaker should be the kind of like the catalyst to him realizing he misses Stormbreaker and like why he values the new <laughs> hammer. And yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't value it at all. And then he uses the Thunderbolt in the climactic battle. And then he gets Mjolnir back at the end. So he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. All you do is Stormbreaker much cooler than Mjolnir, in my opinion. I like Stormbreaker. Yeah. I could go uh, either way. I think when you have them side by side, Stormbreaker looks nicer. Mm-hmm. Dude, Mjolnir just so small, man. Like Chris, Chris Hemsworth <laughs> is such a big guy, and then just a small ass hammer is. Uh... Yeah, it's it's almost like it would be perfect for a child. I know, <laughs> right? Exactly. I hate this. Um, yeah. yeah. So then, uh, then there's like a little fight. There's a fight on the shadow realm with our um, our creatures that we uh, don't really understand what they. This look is like. where I was in the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, one thing is that we get our Valkyrie fake out death where she gets stabbed. Did you see that part? Couldn't even tell. Apparently, she only lost her kidney. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Later, she jokes about it because she lives. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Gore the God Butcher has a god right in front of him and fails <laughs> to kill her. Yeah. A common theme in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Man. And yeah, so she gets stabbed, which means we have to go home to save her, even though we didn't do that with Korg, because, I mean, he's okay as a face mask. Yeah. And yeah, so that's that's our, like, um, I think you said someone has to die between Act 2 and Act 3. That's yeah, or, like, there's a metaphorical, like, yeah, like, someone yeah. has to, they have to have an extreme loss that pushes them into... Yeah, so that's, that's what Valkyrie's role is, and then yeah. they also kind of, like, decide Jane's cancer is a thing again. Yeah. She mentions oh. it on the book. We and there's that rushed-ass revelation that, like, suddenly Mjolnir's actually bad for the cancer. Oh, yeah, like, draining her life force, yeah. Out of nowhere. <laughs> like, just like the doctor tells her that. Um, that that revelation in the comics is so much better because she's been Thor for so long. And yeah. she's, you know, she she's Thor for a bit and then she's in chemo and then she's Thor for a bit and she's in chemo. So it happens over a much longer period of time. Mm-hmm. And early on, she understands. So that's the other thing. She knows much earlier that whenever she transforms, what happens is, and they don't explain this well in the movie, what happens is Mjolnir purges the chemo from her body. Oh. oh. She sees it as a poison. Oh. And so it's trying to heal her. 
but in the wrong way kind of thing. Oh, that makes so, so much more sense than... Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, she, so she could live forever as Thor, yeah. but anytime she transfers back, she's less healthy than she was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we don't even try to explain that here. Yeah. Uh, Dude, you know what we need? We just need a uh, fucking uh, D, D&D from, uh, from, from Game of Thrones. They're good at adapting books. They're good at nothing else. Should have just like faithfully adapted the comic and just leave it at that. Oh, Honestly, yeah. would we'll, we'll probably be a better movie. The creators? Huh? I don't know. You mean the writers? Yeah, like D.B. Weiss and like uh, Dan something. Okay. I his name. Yeah. D&D and I was like, what well, does it have to do with Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's like the, the, they're a duel, right? It's, okay. okay. Whatever. Um, <sighs> yeah, let's keep going. Let's motor through this. This is a long <laughs> podcast already. Um, so then everybody has to stay behind um, because Thor's going to do this on his own. And that seems to be a theme. This movie is so messy when it comes to themes. But yeah. I guess that kind of makes sense. Like, there is no theme, bro. There is no theme. <laughs> he, he tries to like push people away. So I guess that's what this is again. Mm-hmm. But also, like, it totally makes sense because one of them has cancer and the other one is stabbed. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then Gore seems to be doing well with his plan. Finally, um, he assembles eternity. And then the kids look like they're about to die. Do you remember that scene when the, yeah. the giant rock falls off yeah. and it makes them sound like they're dead? And yeah. I was like, <laughs> the kids? Right, so yeah. A group of characters that seems to die. I was like, yeah, let's kill the kids. No. <laughs> and then suddenly Thor is around and he gives them the power of Thor with the yeah. Thunderbolt. Great. Why Again, not? <laughs> it's Ragnarok too. Yeah. Same beat where someone gets the power of Thor in his glowy eyes and doesn't need the weapons. Dude, uh, one one cool thing about that scene though, um, Thor's light, uh, Thor's eyes glow yellow in that scene instead of his typical blue because he's holding the thunderbolt. That's kind of cool. That's cool. I mean, this is a, a small detail. <laughs> Dude, I'm trying. I'm trying my best to say that this movie still has some redeeming qualities, man. Right. So far, we've got glowy eyes are the right color. <laughs> That's what the straws were like picking at here. Um, what do you guys think about the Children of Thor? How do you feel about that sequence? When I was watching it, I thought it was fine, but like, like, like it's just such a cliche moment. It's like, hey, kids are fighting, you know, like. But then, like, obviously, like, looking back, it's, you know, it's not that great. It just feels like a cheap way for the kids to defend themselves while not getting killed. Yeah. I, like, when I, by the time I was at that point in the movie, I was like, I'm waiting for this to be over. Uh, like, I was really, I was really done with it. And so, like, I was just like, yeah, fine. Like, okay, sure. Like, there's a lot of, they need something to fight the monsters. So, like, sure. Like, okay. <laughs> may as well happen (laughs) (laughs) i feel that um i had something but i don't i don't remember what it was yeah these kids i don't know why they're in the movie and they also speak in unison did you notice that like whenever thor's talking to them they're like no thor no thor don't leave us and they're all speaking at the exact same time was, was that it that, that's actually yeah. creepy bro what the hell supposed to be creepy well yeah. maybe but it's just it reeks of like 
these are kids who don't know how to like mm. um like talk over each other or like like you know the director's just kind of like okay and now say your line everyone <laughs> <laughs> they all have the exact same line and they can't think yeah. of something yeah. um, speaking of that scene i did kind of i missed this because i don't remember when it happens but mm-hmm. there's that scene where thor is talking to the kids and then yeah. at some point gore shows up and is like don't you play a game? Creepiest murder clown. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> showing up with the snake. Yeah. Out of character for him being a dad. Yeah. And he's like, got his like weird snake thing. And then he takes the head off. Yeah. <laughs> These baffling decisions. Yeah. I, I, it makes no sense. I don't yeah. get why he did that. <laughs> it's such a weird scene. Yeah, oh, my God. Dude, honestly, I think this whole movie is just a conspiracy to destroy Christian Bell's career. He's fine. He'll be fine. He's bad. I, I, it's bizarre to me that you think that is the worst part of this movie and nothing else. Dude, I just feel like because it could have been so much better, you know? Because it's he's Christian fucking Bell. I think all my, I think like my biggest qualms with the character are definitely the writing. Like I don't. I really don't. I wouldn't pin any of it on Bale, to be honest with you. No, no, I'm just saying better. he deserves better. He deserves sure. so much more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So then we're we're fighting Christian mm-hmm. Bale, and then Jane shows up because she's got to show up, and she appears. And now remember, she's not Lady Thor. She's not. What was the other one? She has this terrible line where she's like, "It's not Lady Thor." Oh. Fuck. It's not something else. The mighty it's Thor, Doctor Jane yeah. Foster. <laughs> oh right, yeah. yeah. Even know her name, like, why would yeah. you assume he knows who you are? Yeah, uh, yeah. And it, it's just one of those like ham-fisted feminist, like moments that are supposed to be feminist, but they just play as like so forced. It's the A force moment from Endgame. Yeah, where all the ladies are like, "Okay, ladies, now let's get in formation," and they're all like. You know, doesn't work. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a scene that's written for the people who are like, like the trolls of the internet, you know, who are like, oh, it's yeah. Lady Thor. And like, you know, we're writing for them now. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, as soon as you, like, as soon as you like Reddit start dictating your movie, you've lost. And, like, <laughs> you don't like, don't, for don't real? like, stop. I, yeah, I hate that. Like, and the filmmakers do that shit and they pat themselves on the back. And they're like, look what we did. We struck out against the trolls. It's like, you didn't fucking do anything. Shut up. Yeah. But, I yeah. No, I completely agree. And then this whole battle makes no sense. So then they have to stop Stormbreaker. And again, it seems like a prime opportunity for Thor to try and, you know, reconcile with the hammer that's sentient, maybe. Yeah. And also, like, that's like one of those classic things where it's like, villains trying to do the thing but he's got to wait for it to load up and like reboot or whatever, you know, yeah. classic. Ah, it's loading. Dude, you, you know what I hate in some movies? It's just like a character is like dead for sure. Like they're on the ground. They've given up. Villain has a gun pointed at it and the villain start a monologue. And then the, the monologue goes on for way too long. And then people show up. Villain gets defeated. It's like, bro, just pull the fucking trigger, man. That's, um, there's a name for that. Forget what it's called, but like, yeah, it's like the talking, the talking villain or whatever, where they just like they monologue to save time or like give the hero time, right? Yeah. 
think they do that in the movie, but that's what Stormbreaker is effectively mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Oh, I I remember. Okay, I remember what I forgot earlier. It's the Thor like giving the children the power thing. Yeah. So he's, he's talking to the kids, and then we look back, and the monsters are like like running towards us, and then we look at the kids again, and he talks some more. And we look back at the monsters, and they haven't moved. <laughs> it's like the Monty Python <laughs> bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, is that on but purpose? <laughs> They're like a football field away. He's yeah. like, and like, how far, how big is this chamber? Yeah. Like, it didn't seem like it was that big before. And the monsters just could not be any further. Oh, it's so weird. Anyways, so then we got to defeat Gore. Yeah. So we got to break the sword. And how do we break the sword? Well, now this makes sense. Let's smash it with the hammer. But that's not good enough because we've seen that broken, cursed weapons can reforge. So then we have to collect some of the pieces of the necro sword and oh, make yeah. it part of Mjolnir mm-hmm. and do a lightning blast. Does she like slam it down first and then a lightning blast? I don't even and know. Then- <laughs> The lightning blast will do it. That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll disintegrate. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and become like the Necro Thor. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like maybe she has to like kind of like the cancer thing. Or I don't know. It's kind of yeah. messy, but nope. That's just how you break a Necro sword, I guess. Yeah. Dude, don't try to understand this movie, man. It's like Tenet. Dude. And then we get into, we get into the Eternity Zone. And then like... And Jane is dying. Uh, and, like, dude, there's the moment where... Oh, my God. I don't remember what it is. But it's, like, you know he's going to say love. You know that that's what Thor is going to say. Yeah, bro. And in the theater, I was like, don't, uh-huh. say, it, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm surprised they killed off Jane, though. I thought, like, somehow, like, is Thor is going to be the one making the wish. And then he's going to save Jane. I thought that's how it's going to end. That surprised me, the ending. I, yeah, I can see how, like, it's kind of surprising that they actually killed her, but then also, like, she's not gone for good. There's yeah, no the, way. Yeah, the post-credits. Yeah. Post-credits. No, she's not coming back, man. She's in Valhalla. Why would she go? She can't come back, can she? You're, well, maybe. We'll get to that. So, while we're in Eternity, though, I think that sequence could have been so cool if... Avengers Endgame didn't happen or infinite whichever whichever one has the the identical scene like it's literally the exact same thing yeah I guess that's just like what happens when you make a wish or like a snap like it's always the same yeah. you're in some like infinity pool <laughs> <laughs> like that's the only option yeah couldn't have come up with anything else yeah yeah no it, it, yeah and it's, it's not like those movies were, like, made at the same time and they didn't know. Like, that mm-hmm. movie was out and then they made this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's different enough. It's daytime here. That'll that'll differentiate. <laughs> <laughs> it's daytime. Yeah, yeah it's, it's perpetually evening in the other zone. So, like, yeah. there's that. Yeah. Who, who, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he makes a wish and it's kind of like, wow definitely saw that one coming like so really predictable yeah um and i mean is it the worst ending no i but like i don't know just the way it's handled yeah it's yeah no 
Yeah, I, th- I thought the execution was really weak. Um, I thought, like, like th- the idea that, like, Gore is just doing it all for love. It's like, there's more to it than that. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, like, cause, and that's one of the other failings of the movie. Like, he has legitimate qualms. Like, he has reasons to be upset. And they, like, don't really explore that. I One thing that I thought would have been interesting is if, like, Thor and Gore had a conversation about, like, what gods are and what they mean to the That'll be amazing. What they should yeah. be. And then what if Thor came out of the movie and his, like, qu- new quest was to, like, write the wrongs of the gods or something? Like, I don't know. Isn't that a lot more interesting? That would be really cool. Like, Thor questioning his identity as a god. That would be amazing. Okay. That's the thing. That's exactly what the comics do, sort of. So I'll, I'll dive into like what the comics do. So they kind of have like another MacGuffin or like eternity sort of thing. Um, in that version, it's still better. It's they create the God Bomb, essentially. The God Bomb? <laughs> Gore kills a bunch of gods. He finds one god, though, that he leaves alive. And for the longest time, you're like, why, is, why did this one live? Who's this guy? And he's kind of gone crazy. Um, and there's this big question, like, who is this God? And he keeps saying, so people keep asking him, who are you the God of? And he says something different every time. And it's always something silly. He's always Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm the God of butterflies and somersaults. That's one of them. I'm the God of like pancakes and buttermilk, stuff like that. And it's funny. And then there's eventually like, okay, no, Shadrach, I think his name is like, what are you the God of? And he says, I'm the God of bombs. And then it's like that. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. He's building a bomb and he's going to blow up all gods across space and time. Again, kind of cheesy, but like it's a lot better, though. It's better. It's, yeah. you know, it's not like a wish, which is so like same as the snap, really. Um, yeah, the comic's so much better. Um, and then, yeah, uh, my point for the we were talking about worthiness or something. I forget. Yeah. Um, but essentially, you know, we're yeah, yeah, the god thing. So there's a bunch of gods that are like evidence for why Gore might be right. Um, there's like definitely lots of conversations about that. And eventually, there's a comic series later where someone says to Thor, you know, Gore was right, and that's what makes Thor unworthy in the comics. And the oh, fact yeah. that they don't try and do that in this movie when you have Mjolnir coming back and. Um, you know, Jane could have been worthy and then Thor has to figure out why he's not worthy. Could have been really interesting. Yeah. I could see how that's a repeat of Thor 1, but... It's, it's better than what they have, though. Dude, where do you even go from here, though? Like, from the ending of this movie? No more Thor. <laughs> <laughs> so who needs to God Butcher the Thor franchise? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Um, I think, yeah. I don't I don't see how they do another Chris Emsworth movie with Taika at the helm. Yeah. Just on this. Um it seems that they're setting up Hercules, um, but maybe they'll pull a Doctor Strange and never refer to their post credit scenes ever again. Do you remember um Morgan yeah. turned evil at the end of Doctor Strange? Never oh yeah. Yeah. They they still have yet to follow up on that. <laughs> They were going to kill him off at the beginning of Doctor Strange 2, which is oh, really? such a disservice to that character. Oh, it makes me so mad. Um, anyways, let's talk about this movie. Movie ends. Korg is back. Kids. I love how they say that the kids 
get to live a normal life and then they show them in like self-defense training yeah that's normal that's like the american normal maybe that's <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i take care um and then um thor's living with his kid whose name is love yeah okay. no that doesn't work for me on the nose yeah I was, like, at that point, again, so checked out that I was just like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, <laughs> name or love, I don't care. Um, yeah, is that Chris Hemsworth's actual daughter? Did I read yeah. something like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And the funny, uh, with the exception of the hammer thing, I actually really did like the dynamic between Thor and love. And yeah. The, they had good chemistry and it's yeah. because they're related, but mm -hmm. you know, like I didn't mind that. And I think, I mean, I don't think you can have the movie about that cause it's kind of like an end thing, but like yeah. if, if we move forward with Thor, Thor five and you know, like maybe he's fighting Hercules for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know. I don't honestly with, all that they've done, I don't know what you do with Thor 5, but yeah. yeah. If they brought back the kid, this is a kid that I would actually be interested in. I think this kid would be a good kid. Yeah. Not every not every kid's a good kid. Not every kid's that, a good kid. Most of the kids in this movie are not good. They're yeah. bad. Bad kids. Uh, any other thoughts about uh, the movie uh, before we get to the post-credit scenes, the Daniel Ma stuff? No. 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 So then our first post-credit scene, Zeus is back, baby. Yeah. Thunderbolt to the chest, can't keep him down. He's the god of thunder, I guess. I don't know. The god of thunder and uh, chest wounds, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then we see his son, um, who fits perfectly in this movie, actually, because uh, that guy from, what's the show? Ted Lasso is famously, famously looks like a CGI man. So at least he looks good against the background. Yeah, he right <laughs> on, yeah. CGI and CGI, that looks normal. <laughs> I don't know. I think, what do you guys think about Hercules? I'm not going to lie. Until you just said that right now, I forgot that happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, like, theoretically, you could do a good arc where he learned from this movie that gods can be bad and that there has to be some sort of justice doled out to gods. And so maybe fighting Hercules, there's some exploration of that idea. Um, so I don't know, maybe, but like, I think I'm with you on just don't do Thor five. Okay. Uh, I've got, the, I've got the pitch. I've got the Marvel. This is the Marvel pitch. This isn't okay. the good pitch. This is the Marvel pitch. Yeah. Thor five, Thor. And we market it as Thor versus Hercules. Thor and Hercules meet and then Hercules leaves and isn't in the rest of the movie. No. <laughs> more more accurately, it would be Thor versus Hercules. Hercules. They fight in the first act and then they're friends for the rest. Yeah. Because we don't want to And it turns out exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out that there's a, another bad guy that's actually pulling the strings and it's Zeus or whatever. Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> Zeus with a hole in his chest. Yeah. yeah. I think they should keep that. I think that would at least be a ballsy move, but Yeah. Do I just hate how like you know, there's so many movies. I think like the Black Panther 2 might be one of them too. Just like you start off with a character like seemingly 
like the villain, but then it's like, oh, because we were fighting for the wrong thing, or like I got misinformed, yeah. and then turns to a good guy for the rest of the movie. You can't so lazy, bro. You can do it interestingly, but like the Batman versus Superman, and even like Civil War, a little bit, like yeah, it's not right. Like, yeah, I agree. Civil War. Civil War stuck with it though. Civil, Civil War is better. Civil War saw that through. They do it good. It's not perfect, but. The fact that Iron Man is an antagonist without like like a, a like he's a true proper antagonist and sticks with that the whole movie. Yeah. And, like it, exactly. Yeah. Ends again, but then it doesn't stick. Like that's actually good. Yeah. Um, but I agree that it's completely overplayed, uh, with what you said, Peter. Um, but yeah, like I don't I don't know when this comes back up again, the Hercules thing. Um it just feels like one of those post credit scenes that's going to be like a tease for something that we won't see for another five years or something. Like that, yeah. You know? Yeah. Dude, can you believe they're not doing another Avengers film till like, uh, in what, like in two years or three years? It's 2025, right? Yeah. I hear, no, is it? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, that right? almost feels too soon though. Like to be like, I almost right? feel like, Cause it's like, Wait longer. I don't, I don't need it. Yeah, it's like, what do they, what do they have developed for? Like, I don't know. Just like make good stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. just like make some good stuff before then. <laughs> make good stuff. <laughs> Pretty low bar, you think? But um, let's talk about this. The future of the MCU. Um, there's some there's some issues. So when you have Phase One, there's clearly like your Avengers setup, right? Uh-huh. Thor, Captain America, Hulk, Iron Man. You know, you've got a team going. And you've got um, you've got stars. You know, you've got characters where you're like, I really like this character. Mm-hmm. And this person, mostly like Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, yeah. they can carry a franchise. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth was still like, I don't know about this guy with his bleached eyebrows. And yeah. Hulk got recast eventually. But though, at least those two we're able to carry the franchise for, you know, 10 years and 20 movies or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, I am watching the MCU for the, the ultimate arc of Iron Man and Thor, sorry, Iron Man and Cap and sort of Thor. Yeah. Um, I don't know who that is in this. No, I, I don't, I have no idea who that is. The only person that I like would be like Spider-Man, I guess that I would like really Me? care about, but I don't think, I- I don't even know what's happening with it. Because, like, I, I care about Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I haven't thought any of his movies have been perfect, but I've liked all of them. I, li- I actually do like his Spider-Man. And I would care about him. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, Yo, I- Alex, Alex, you're going to care about Kang more than any of the heroes. Kang <laughs> is... Oh, I, love, I love Jonathan Majors. Um, but, yeah, um, Spider-Man, I would say, is the one person who has the star power, he yeah. can open an Uncharted movie and it can be bad, but people will see it because of Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, whereas I don't think any other actor in the MCU right now has that power. Um, as far as like narratively or like like characters that I think they're going to try and center it around, I would say mm-hmm. Doctor Strange is the biggest one. Yeah. He's your new Tony Stark. They're very similar characters. Yeah. So that's an easy win. Are they going to try and push maybe Falcon or... Yeah, maybe. Marvel, maybe. Um, I don't know. One. Yeah, <laughs> I I really don't know either because it's like because it's like and then of of the who are the like young characters you have like Spider Man, 
you have like Dude, they're all Marvel. all of have, them are young. You have like Miss Marvel now, but I mean like yeah, you have like, so many young characters. But then, but I don't know who else. You have like Shuri from Black Panther. I think I think they're gonna do a um. Well, it depends what you're talking about. There's there's like Avengers who are just kind of on the younger side, so yeah. like Shuri and Spider Man. But there's definitely like they're working their way towards young Avengers, and I'm kind of surprised they didn't announce that at Comic Con. They might yeah. be saving it for D23 in September. Um, I that one's pretty clearly being set up. They've got so far the Maximoff twins who are currently dead or non-existent, oh, but right, we'll, yeah. we'll they'll come back. Um, we've yet to um, who knows if they will still be gay um, in this universe because they're like one of the most famous uh, gay characters in the comics um more more one of them uh has a relationship with a character named hulkling who we haven't seen yet but um so we got the the twins kate bishop uh from oh Hawkeye. right yeah um who else i'm blanking already miss um, marvel no you don't know what you're talking about um patriot um Ooh. from Falcon and Winter Soldier. There was the kid. Oh right, yeah, yeah. The... Um, who else? Oh, Iron Heart, I guess. Hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet, though. Is she? I don't remember. She might be. There's a character. Usually, it's Iron Lad, and so she could be taking that role. Iron Lad is because there is a distinction. Iron Lad is Kang. He like he literally is young Kang. Oh, and that's the big twist of that series mm-hmm. is that you've got a bunch of characters who appear to be just younger versions of the Avengers and then everything you thought you knew about them is wrong. So Hulkling isn't a Hulk. Um, Wiccan is originally uh, labeled as Guardian and he's actually uh, Scarlet Witch's kid. Uh, Patriot seems to be Captain America but he's a mutant and um, the one we were just talking about, Iron Lad, Seems to be Iron Man, but he's actually King. Um, that'd be cool, and I think it would work especially well for this saga. Um, yeah. Oh, Cassie, Cassie Lang, the Ant Man girl. Oh right, yeah, Ant Man's oh, right. daughter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're like they're clearly setting up something like that. Ms. Marvel's usually on a team called the Champions. Oh. Um, okay. That one's with Nova and Miles Morales. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they just throw Ms. Marvel on the Avengers because they could care less, which makes yeah. me mad. She's not an Avenger yet. You gotta work your way up there. And remember what happened to Spider-Man after that? It kind of ruined his character. I think he was better when he was yeah. not on the Avengers. Yeah, I yeah I like I like him better not as an Avenger. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this movie wraps up with Jane in Valhalla. So I think that's our indication. Because if she was dead, then she would be, be dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> why are we seeing her again if not to ultimately bring her back she could come back as a valkyrie because i think that's what they did in the comics um so that she's not thor anymore which kind of feels cheap but um and the uh biggest jump scare in the movie (laughs) uh, even worse than gore any gore pulled was idris elba's haircut (laughs) <laughs> it was not a good look for him. I was like, I was like who is this? <laughs> He's never had his hair down. It looks so weird. That, that's my nightmare. Uh, my nightmare. Um, but yeah, that's the movie. Um, I don't know. I'm just 
what what else can we talk about this movie? Um, I think we've covered all this sort of stuff that I had written down. Um, I don't know. We kind of covered this, but like, how how would you make this movie better if you could if you had a chance to rewrite? Dude, this movie? We, we, I think we offered plenty suggestions already. <laughs> Even take one of them will make it like so much better. Yeah, I think yeah. My general thing would have been like, no kidnap kids, raise the stakes, have Gore be a lot more threatening, show him doing stuff, have him uh, kick Thor's ass at the beginning, and then kind of chase after him. I don't know how you figure that out. He attacks the god planet, kill Korg, kill Korg, stay dead, stay dead, yeah, <laughs> um, or baby. Yeah, and then just, like, develop everything better. Dude, I, I would, like, if I was doing the movie better, I would just, like, do it better. Like, that's what <laughs> yeah. Just build different, right? Yeah. yeah. Yo, Marvel hired this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a call. Um, yeah, okay. So, where would you rank this in the MCU? It's kind of hard with 23 movies, but, like, just vaguely. I'm not going to lie to you. As this has been percolating in my mind for the past however long, and, like, the more I've been thinking about it, like, this might be the worst MCU movie, in my opinion. (laughs) Like, I think that this is the one that I would not watch over any other one. (laughs) Like, I was trying to think of another one that I was like, like, Thor 2 is bad. And then I was like, "Uh, Iron Man 2 is bad. Okay, let's talk about that. Thor 2 and Thor 1. So Thor, in my opinion, Thor 1 is dreadfully boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kenneth Branagh can, like, literally, I think his tripod is broken because it only yeah, yeah. really <laughs> angles. It's, it's not visually, Kenneth, if you're listening, it's not visually interesting if you do it the whole movie. That's just the movie. <laughs> um, uh, but at least, like, there is there is style. And he, he's going for like a Shakespearean thing because that's all he does. He's pretty yeah. one note that way. But um, at least the movie works. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Thor, Thor 2 doesn't work at all. Yeah. Um, Malekith is one of the worst villains because you have no idea why he does what he does. He's just kind mm-hmm. of random. Yeah. And like a complete butchering of his comic character who uses magic and is like pretty maniacal. Um, but even that, like, at least it has Tom Hiddleston's Loki. Like, it's it really yeah. elevates the movie. It has some of the best Loki moments, at least in the movies. Yeah, is in that is in Thor. 2. I, I yeah, like Thor two. Like, there's at least some stuff, and also just like looking at the movie, like it just looks fine. Like it's yeah. at a certain level where it just looks fine, and there's some stuff where I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? But like, I just like. I am trying to think of an MCU movie that is worse than this one, and I genuinely can't think of one. Would you say Doctor Strange 2 is better? One, I liked Doctor Strange 2. I thought it was actually a lot of fun. I thought Mm -hmm. the script was super messy. Don't get me wrong. Needed a lot of work. But I thought it was one of the better directed MCU movies, actually. I thought it was a lot more entertaining to watch, a lot more stylish, a lot more fun. Peter, what do you think? Dude, I just, like, I can't really rank MCU movies. I feel like MCU movies, like, it's much easier to do tiers. It's like... Oh, okay, um, what tier would you put it on, then? Oh, it's the bottom tier, bro. It's <laughs> it's it's not that great. Do we, do we bring you down 
you started off with three. Well, well, I mean, I feel like I feel like I was still like I think like the experience. I mean, first time watching it, it was it was fine. But you know, thinking more about how this what this movie could be, same thing with Doctor Strange two, just like like you know, brings this movie down a lot. Where would you rank it now? Post discussion. Post discussion, like in terms of my score. Yeah. Uh, probably like a two. I feel like one and a half is a little too harsh because it's not that bad. Uh, it still has some cool moments. It's probably a two. Yeah, we did it. We did it, Aiden. We brought him down. <laughs> um, uh, looking forward at the MCU. Um, let's just talk about movies. Um, I think Black Panther looks good. Yeah, I'm. This is bold, but I'm holding out hope. I think there's hope for the MCU if they use more of these, you know, visionary directors who still give a shit. Yeah. Um, Black Panther, I feel like Kugler definitely cares. And I think James Gunn cares with Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. No, and like, I think that when like, I think people have got into this rut of movie consumption where they're just like, yeah, it's an it's an MCU movie, like it's fine. Like, yeah, I go and I have a good time. And like they're not asking for more. And that's why So but, true. But there's mm-hmm. something I'm very grateful that everything everywhere all at once came out this year and that that movie exists. Because okay. it's yeah. a movie that's very good. It's like a fun multiverse adventure. It's very funny. And it works. And it works as a very well crafted movie. And like I remember seeing it and being like, Oh right, these can be good. These, like, wacky, like, sci-fi concept character goes on adventure through a multiverse. These can be, like, well-made. And I really hope that it has that impact on people. Isn't it crazy that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is going to be the number two multiverse movie this year? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Would would have been the most crazy thing to say, like, a couple years ago, but, like... It's so it's so funny to me that I think didn't they release like within like a month of each other? No, maybe it was, maybe close. it was two months. Like yeah. it was the same season, you know, mm-hmm. both in spring, and you know, one knew what they were doing with the multiverse, and then, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, one uh, and one last thing about this movie, Taika Waititi. Oh, how um, the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Do you think? Um, He's got some stuff in the works. He's got Next Goal Wins, which has been in production for a while. That's a, a rugby movie. Yeah. Um, and he's got Star Wars, which yeah. could be interesting. <laughs> he did say something about that that I like, and he said that he would want to bring it away from the Skywalker. Yeah. And I like that. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I still have hope for him you know what i mean like i really like what we do in the shadows i really like hunt for the wilder people i think those are both great movies i think jojo rabbit has some good filmmaking in it even though i think that the message of that movie is strange and muddled but i mean that's another but there's good there's some good stuff in it you know what i mean like there's yeah i think it's done well um i think ragnarok's still a fun action movie so i think in general of all of his movies, I still have a positive opinion and I have hope that he can make something good provided that he just has more time. And I think stays 
more at what he's good at. Like the idea of him doing a rugby movie sounds kind of good. It's like a New Zealand thing, you know what I mean? And it's like yeah. that seems like yeah. a finale, and I feel like that could be good. Peter, I mean, I still have a lot of love for Taika. Some of my favorite movies were made by him, and I mean, Hunt for the Wilder People made me cry. Really good. Jojo Rabbit, fantastic movie as well. I I just think like Taika likes to use comedy in just like every situation possible, even though like in some like ridiculous circumstance. So like in Jojo Rabbit, it's literally you know middle of the Second World War, and you have like um, Jewish people being persecuted, allies getting killed here and there. But he's still able to show like whether it's, like in Jojo Rabbit's case, it's through a child's eye to show like the the good and humanity in people and like especially through sam rockwell's character in that movie i think like that's what makes him so great he's able to captivate the sense of hope so well in um even in some of the most desperate and like desolate circumstance so i, I as aiden said like if he continues to do what he's good at i think he'll be fine yeah i i think yeah i think it all comes down to that Taika just couldn't care less with this movie. Um, and and he's very um, open about that. On, oh, really? With what do you say? Just the way he talks about the movie. He's like, um, there was one thing where he said like, oh, I didn't touch a single comic book. Like he read, he said, I read one. I read one of the thin ones. And then I was like, yep, not doing that. They talk weird. And then gave up on it. And it's like, okay, but the source material, like there's a distinct difference between Thor Ragnarok, which isn't based on like a particular Thor storyline to the best of my knowledge, mm-hmm. um, versus, I guess it's, okay, it's based I on I think it's Planet like Hulk. two meshed together as well, yeah. right? Because Ragnarok is a thing and then Planet Hulk is a different thing, right? Yeah, it was basically what they did was Planet Hulk um, mm-hmm. and added Thor. Um, but for this, like they're basing it off of two of the best Thor storylines in his history and like a very clear, like distinct, like, okay, this is the start of the story and this is the end. And he just said, yeah, screw that. I'm going to do, he wanted, he made, he wanted to make a movie about like choosing fatherhood, I guess, Mm -hmm. or, you know, love and hate or whatever. And that's the movie he decided to make. And I think he also wanted to just like goof off with his friends and it shows yeah (laughs) um yeah yeah, okay that's enough of that let's get to our titular segment the most important part of the show predator versus movies (laughs) would predator have made this movie better 100 percent, bro yeah predator Predator would taken over from gore's job and actually (laughs) you know Dude, if they like, if Agreed. like, if we have to have a detour in the movie where Thor's just doing some random shit unrelated, <laughs> like Predator, I, I, Predator, <laughs> Predator would have been like a threatening villain at least, yeah. <laughs> and then we'd be like, oh yeah, Thor's gonna stop Predator. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, go stop that guy. And you would, you um, don't even have to do that much setup because we already know Predator to be this threatening villain. So it's like, yeah. No, Predator's going to take all the kids, man. He's going to kill all the kids. <laughs> also trying to kill Predator? 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be interesting. Is Predator like a rogue god? <laughs> oh, maybe. Maybe it's the Predator, the god of the Predators, who is themselves also a Predator-ish. Duh. Yeah. Good movie in the making there. Marvel, call me. Yeah. Um, okay, that's enough of that. Um, let's go on to our Rex. Uh, Peter, what have what media have you been consuming lately? See, I was I was gonna watch Shang Chi last night just to like you know do a double Marvel, but then after <laughs> after Love and Thunder, I was like, nah, enough of Marvel, <laughs> no more Marvel for the day. So That's I'm gonna <laughs> recommend uh, a show I recently binged. It's still going on right now, so uh, I'm gonna recommend Westworld. Now I know the show's failed many people, me included. Season three, it was fucking terrible. Um, so much potential wasted. But season four, they they capitalize on your nostalgia for season one so much that it's somehow good. And also the twist is honestly very, very well done. So I'm looking forward to the finale tomorrow. Uh, season four has been fantastic so far. Uh, I would say give it a watch if you've uh, given up on the show after season three. Nice. Um, yeah, I watched... Uh, well. You watched the boring bits, though. Come on. No, no, okay. Well, let me let me. So, I, I agree that seasons one and two are so good. In Westworld, season uh, one more so. Uh, season three was pretty bad. And then season four, I've been told by Peter, takes a while to get into. So, two episodes in, I'm not crazy about it. Um, but I'll hold out for it. It seems that, I don't know. I did like uh, towards the end of season too. I think I think it's kind of like the Marvel movie situation where they have to wrap up the the loose ends from the last season, and those are the boring bits. So they got to wrap up the boring uh, loose ends before starting the new stuff. Yeah, that's maybe more interesting. So, um, yeah, uh, is that all that you've wanted to wreck? Dude, as soon as you start episode three, you won't be able to stop. Trust. <laughs> okay, um, uh, Aiden, any stuff that you've been looking at? Yeah, I mean, I've been reading a book called um, The Writer's Journey recently, which is, I think, pretty helpful for anyone that is interested in writing. If you're familiar with, like, Joseph Campbell's A Hero with a Thousand Faces uh, yeah. and, like, mythic structure and stuff, um, it basically, like, it, it's a book that kind of breaks a lot of that information down but applies it more strictly to screenwriting. Um and it's pretty helpful. Although some like the author also makes like certain suppositions about life in general that I'm like, what the, what the fuck are you talking about? But if you, <laughs> if you just stick to like the writing stuff, I think it's pretty good. Um, I've been watching a show called The Rehearsal, uh, yeah. which, is, which is insane. Like one of the most insane <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. I think it's hilarious. Um, Do you want to go ahead? Uh, yeah, describe it. Describe so, it to the audience. if people, it's Nathan Fielder is the comedian who is behind it. Uh, I don't know if people are familiar with Nathan for you. It's a show yet for a while, but another great show. Another great show, but the rehearsal uh, is the sort of like reality sort of show, reality comedy, where um, like basically Nathan Fielder like helps people prepare for like a big moment like a conversation they're scared to have or something by completely manufacturing and recreating like the scenario and creating a flow chart of possibilities that the conversation <laughs> like that could occur in the conversation to like optimize 
what is happening. Um, but then, like, while this is happening, he's also participating in his own rehearsal where he's raising a child with this <laughs> woman. <laughs> and, yeah, like, and then in one of the, yeah, it's just an insane show. It, like, and I think it's, like, surprisingly thought-provoking, too. Like, considering yeah. when you see the rehearsal versus, especially in episode one, the rehearsal versus what happens. Like, I thought that was really interesting. Um yeah, and as the show goes on, like it's just spiraling, and it's it's insane. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, for yeah. movies, for movies, I like. Well, for, oh, sorry, uh, I was also going to recommend the rehearsal, so I'll jump on that. And sure. just yeah, the first episode I think is still my favorite, just because yeah. it's it's pretty easy to grasp. Because like you said, every single episode after he just kind of spirals and gets more insane. Yeah, and it becomes more about nathan yeah <laughs> <laughs> especially so the most recent episode yeah. i haven't seen it yet I, I i need to watch that as soon as possible um and yeah it's it's definitely like one of the more interesting television shows i've seen in a while like yeah. it's so different and yeah he's he's kind of like ruminating about life somehow and it's still funny because he's just so absurd and that some of the things yeah. he the lengths it's the lengths he goes to <laughs> he's spending a lot of hbo's yeah. money Dude, on the, the show the fourth episode i was like literally like i like burying my head in my hands like all the time because it was just like like the like layers of of rehearsal that he goes into yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. great show yeah okay. um but yeah, I saw I saw Nope recently, which I very much enjoyed. I thought it was very very strong. Um, and then I saw Top Gun Maverick uh, the other day, which I thought was a very fun action movie. Uh, it was a good old time. Nice. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So rehearsal, great, great show. Um, I've also been uh, watching Clone High for the first time. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good show and it's a short watch it's i think 13 episodes and that's it because it got canceled really quickly um, oh that was a classic like cartoon show from the early 2000s and it's um lord and miller oh know, yeah of the lego movie and all that sort of stuff that was one Spider-Man, of them yeah. i think maybe their first commercial project possibly oh, yeah. um really fun show and it's just like you know uh clones of historical figures and they're in high school pretty easy uh, concept and it's kind of like it's like your typical like high school cartoon thing except the jokes they make go just a little bit further like the kind of thing that you would expect from lord and miller where you're like oh this isn't like a regular cartoon show like this surpasses it yeah. because they do things just a little bit differently and i, I really admire it um i decided to binge watch yesterday the uh groot the I am Groot shorts. I don't know if you guys knew that those, I think they came out on Wednesday. Um, oh, okay. No, I didn't hear them. I thought they came out a long time ago. So no, no, I no, no. It just came out. And so it's, it's uh, five shorts, five minutes long. So really like not a big commitment. Damn, you really binged that, eh? Yeah. Well, it was 25 minutes. <laughs> well, what else am I going to do? Um, and yeah, I was, I was definitely like a Groot hater going into it. Not, not like, not that I hate Groot. I love Groot, but the shorts didn't, they seemed like kind of weird. And I have to say like, that didn't a hundred percent go away, but watching it like on my phone on Twitter was different than like watching it on my TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
yeah so like like it is a little weird because it's it's kind of like those pixar shorts um but like like you know the guardians have to be nearby but they don't want to show them yeah. because that means money yeah <laughs> so you know so it's like why is Groot alone how did he get here <laughs> and it's kind of like like you know there's the action happening right in the center and then there's like this empty vast world behind him and it feels kind of like i don't know what the word is not dystopian but like just slightly off that makes me feel weird um or like like that kind of thing where you know that it's like just a virtual background yeah that doesn't move kind of thing um but as and it's kind of like those shorts with uh like the lamp like it's just kind of like fun quick stories um and there were a couple where like the ending i was like damn groot's like no chill like he did some pretty uh like savage things that i was like that's that was interesting um kind of like jaw drop moments uh best way to describe it um so i would say like yeah if you've got 25 minutes it's kind of fun it's like you know don't expect much it's like a pixar short yeah um not as good but um and then as for uh, as for movies uh yesterday i watched come and see a 1985 russian movie uh about uh world war ii um i think it was i think i decided to watch it because it was uh the highest average rating of a movie that i hadn't seen on letterboxd yet like oh, yeah. of the things on my watch list um and it was great it was fantastic it's two and a half two and a half hours so like not any longer than like the most recent marvel movies right. and it's it's shot so well and it tells a really great story um about a kid and how war changes him uh yeah could not wreck that enough um it's not really like a contrarian opinion it's a great movie uh and then here's kind of like a, a movie that i bet most people haven't heard about um i think it just came out even though it was made in 2020 it's called tahara t-a-h-a-r-a it's like an indie movie um so if you like indie movies this is kind of like for you um if you liked shiva baby um that also came out like maybe last year um that's the movie that's uh rachel senat maybe that's how you say her name uh she's at a shiva um and kind of like all these things are kind of like making it stressful, I guess, is the best way to describe it. And there's like this uh, bisexual um, aspect to the, the, the whole movie. Um, so this movie, Tahara, is uh, the same thing. <laughs> it has Rachel Senat in it, the same actor. It's at a shiva. Um, it's about uh, a girl realizing that uh, she has queer feelings. Um, so perfect, like, double feature. Um, and it was really good. Uh, I really, I really liked how it was shot. Um, so if you like Shiva baby, this is spiritually the same movie. Um, so yeah. Uh, and that's, that's all I have for Rex. Um, so it seems that we're, uh, coming to a close. Um, I think we're still kind of like in discussion what we're going to do next. Um, we've talked about, uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. Uh, that also has Rachel Senot in her. I'm a Rachel Senot uh, fan. Um, we can also do Nope, um, maybe Prey, or we talked about doing The Gray Man. So 
we'll figure that out. Um, and yeah, so um, I guess until next time, uh, we don't know how to sign off. This is uh, uncharted territory. So uh, bye, I guess. Bye. <laughs> No, nothing, you guys? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>